This podcast is brought to you by the patrons at patreon.com slash stuckfeedtv. Head over to the Patreon and check out all of the cool rewards like early access to episodes and fund some new fun shows like Heartbeat City, Cozy Snugglefield's brand new show about life, love, and sex. Thanks and enjoy this episode. I'm Gary Butterfield. And I'm Brian Wade. And this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where me, Gary, and special guest Brian Wade go through every single episode of the X-Men 90s animated series, except for this episode, because we're going to be talking about X-Men 3 instead. Gary, how are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Good. Um, I'm ready to make the last stand. The last stand. (laughs) Uh, It is the final stand that the X-Men have made. As, as we've mentioned, uh, for the first time on this podcast, we're joined by a guest. Brian, welcome. Oh, thank you, Jeremy. I'm, uh, I'm very excited to be here. Uh, if, if the audio sounds a little different than normal, it's because me and Brian are actually recording in the same room. It's Brian true. I'm at Jeremy's house. Literally at my house, which is super weird and <laughs> odd. Uh, we Send your complaints to where the fuck do you get off Brian at <laughs> gmail.x. That's right. Autumn asked me to ask you, Gary, like, obviously you're not dedicated enough to this podcast to drive to Louisiana and record it live with me, so what does that say about you? <laughs> okay, well, first of all, that wasn't a question. It became one. Well, <laughs> Again, I, 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 I told it, man, I, I think I've told you before that I, I want to make my, my trip to the South and do mm-hmm. uh, my Gabriel Knight tour. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now uh, me and Cole know a guy who knows a guy who is friends with REM's, like, management company, so we've talked about going down there and, like doing the rem tour like something like that is in the works we we have to justify the expense but it will definitely happen and we will find some time and record an episode in person uh then and we can we can have autumn on and have it be another movie and she can uh just ask all the questions that we should ask if we weren't so fucking knee deep in this bullshit <laughs> which she absolutely <laughs> did last night when we watched yeah the that's <laughs> yeah we got I imagine we, like we got surprisingly into this movie last night we did i had uh i had already yeah. watched it um and, but Brian hadn't seen it for quite some time, so we we put it on last night. And Autumn said, uh, "I'm just gonna go cook. Like you, you guys watch the movie, have some beers, whatever." And then as we're like watching it, she's like, "Wait a minute, I've got to see more of this Jean Grey business. What's gonna go?" <laughs> I think she actually literally asked so, me. So Autumn literally said, "What, what about, about Jean? Jean? What about yep. Jean?" <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> the, um, yeah, it is. Uh, you, you just can't stay away from the Last Stand. It is. Uh, it's a compelling, uh, masterful movie. That is made for X-Men fans and casuals alike. Oh no, is this like what happens um, when you and Cole uh, <laughs> cover the wrong games? <laughs> Do we watch two different movies? <laughs> no, I just, uh, you know, I'm, I was just kidding because it's, it's, it's not so good. It It's not as, I feel like this has a reputation for being like the worst movie in the world. And I can come on here on the podcast and say, I think this is better than uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Um, I had more fun with it than that i think there are more there are better ideas and worse execution but ideas go a long way for me 
Same. Um, and I, I will call out that there's like there's like five good ideas in this, none of which are actually handled very well. <laughs> but there's five is a lot. Like five is pretty good. Five you is know? a good number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the five good ideas yeah. are class one mutants, class two mutants, class three mutants, <laughs> yes. class four mutants, and class five mutants. That's yeah. strong. I, I really wanted to rank them. I want characters to talk to each other like they're on a trading <laughs> Like I, I Which want, they absolutely like, do, uh, but it's amazing. Yeah, it is. It is the dumbest part of this movie. But like you know, the cool idea, like the idea of Magneto uh, thinking he has control over Gene and not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty yeah, cool, that's, right? That, that's like very he thinks cool. he can he can manipulate this you know this cosmic force, and he's actually Magneto's super out of his depth. That's super cool. I love the idea of Magneto getting depowered. Like that's really you know poetic and awesome. Uh, even if they, you know, they do go back on it with the the pre credit scene, but like, there's there's some cool things that happen in this, and then just lots of garbage along the way, uh, mostly in terms of writing and dialogue as opposed to kind of plot beats, I think. And the writing and dialogue is extremely bad, and the costume design is extremely bad, and there's like a lot of things that are really bad that we're going to dunk on uh, roundly. I don't know the le- the leather mutant daddies are pretty pretty much my aesthetic, Gary. It's 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 all like yeah, it's all they're all Fallout readers. <laughs> it's it's real, real weird. Bad. Like if you're a mutant, in this, if you're a mutant in this town, like you are. Uh, it's like you you escaped from New York. Like they they escaped from Escape from New York into into X Men Three. Uh, real real bummer. Before we get into it though, like so this came out in 2006. I was 26. Uh, I w- I was uh, extremely hyped. Mm-hmm. for this movie like i i thought it looked cool like I, I saw the trailers i remember the trailers being good like i was really really into it because i loved x-men 2 so much um yeah, did you guys uh, see this when it came out or like what was your experience with um with anticipation of this dud i saw it in the theater uh when it first came out and i was also extremely excited because even with all of the um like production troubles that it had right like brian singer walking away to direct a superman sequel 22 years late which was super weird i was still pretty pumped about it i didn't really think brian singer mattered that much um uh unfortunately i walked out of the theater thinking like okay they've killed all of the x-men like i don't ever need to see another x-men movie again so uh so i was pretty bummed what about you brian uh i also saw this film in the theaters this this magnificent film uh which was the first and only time i had seen it until i watched it last night Hmm. Uh, I think I think it is true that Brian Singer only kind of matters to this. I don't think he's the reason this is bad. No, I, I don't right? think like so I, either. I, thinking back, yeah. at the time it changed my mind, thinking like, oh, the only way that an X-Men movie could be good is Brian Singer's attached to it. Now I just realize he's a giant asshole. So. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's it's really that David Hater, that, that David Hater flavor yes. that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the writing because uh, Brian Singer wrote X Men One, which like upon revisit is not super good, not great, no. uh, you know, and um, also was involved in X Men Apocalypse, which upon visit not very good. <laughs> so it's not just the direction. Not that Brett Ratner is a good director; like he did a bunch of garbage. Um, he did like the the uh, Hannibal rem- uh, Red Dragon remake. Um, he did a bunch of garbage, and he's not a good director. But he, it's really the writing here is what I think fucks this up. Um. More than anything. Yeah, it's it's very bizarre the things that they chose to run with with this, like, pseudo-Dark Phoenix saga. And man, like, we, we talk a lot about the podcast, excuse me, a lot on the podcast about how Xavier is just such a shitheel, but 
wow. Wow. He is such a shit heel in this movie, Gary. Like, he's... And he wasn't so much in X-Men no. 2 or X-Men 1. Like, that's, that's a comics and cartoon Xavier thing. And the movies has been relatively good mm-hmm. until now. Uh, because nobody acts inconsistent. Like, nobody has consistent motivation. Like, nobody acts like themselves because it's a shitty, poorly written movie. You know, like, characters do things for no reason. Characters are... Like, everyone's an idiot. You know, like, Mag- Magneto's a real idiot in this. Like, nobody, nobody's smart. You know, it, it's... There's some real good Logan idiocy halfway through this movie, too, that I'm yeah, really excited to get into. Yeah, why are you such an asshole? Like, what, such a dumb asshole. <laughs> it's like, what if the X-Men were just the dumb asshole squad? <laughs> you know, I'm used to them being, like, smart terrorists. I, I want smart terrorists. Give me smart ISIS, not dumb asshole squad. You know? <laughs> you want smart ISIS, not dumb ISIL? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't... don't uh, yeah, I don't do these... Uh, Let's uh, let's get into it. Let's say all the dumb things that happened. Sure, let's do it. Let's do uh, it. In um, I think the first yeah. like pretty big departure is that we don't get our like weird CGI X Men thing right up front, right? Like we have this kind of prequel with CGI younged up Xavier and Magneto arriving at Jean Grey's uh, parents' house to basically like kidnap this little girl to take her to a school yeah. in England in the creepiest way possible. This- the, this, this movie has two two prologues like it has two cold opens for some reason um and like you know one of which is pretty good uh this this thing i think makes sense right like there's uh if we if they didn't say class five but if they were just like there's a very powerful mutant, sure. like saying class five is stupid but the idea like you know because we know xavier and magneto are on the same side at one point um having them go and check out this mega mutant makes sense to me also xavier you know, walking around is always like a strong placement in x-men history right like i don't think they had done that yeah. in the movies yet so like i kind of expected to see how xavier got um handicapped in this movie right like i wanted to see him lose his legs especially after yeah. he started talking and basically mind driving g gray <laughs> just immediately yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh He's he's not ethical during this. No, and he like um, at all. He, he like tries to sell like he he he's they're like trying to sell the parents on this school, right? And then like they're like, oh, maybe we should talk to Jean by ourselves. If if you the parents could leave your ten yeah. year old daughter alone with yeah. us two adult men, including uh, fucking Magneto in a like seventies pimp suit. Like what yeah. is going on? Yeah. It's it's you know it's a simpler time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, it 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 doesn't make any sense like why they would do that. And this is just the character again, just the dialogue and characters acting stupid because like they could make a case, right? Like you know this happens. This is, this happens with Kitty Pride mm-hmm. uh, in the comics. Like they could say like, hey, you know she's gonna be dangerous if we can't, you know. And that's ultimately what did happen, right? Like the parents. The, the implication is the parents acquiesce because she does end up at the school, and it's because she freaks out and lifts a bunch of cars in the air. And reverses um, gravity in extremely local places. <laughs> yes. Like, that's how they express uh, telekinesis in this, as, like, this unfocused force that removes gravity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, real, real weird. Uh, go into the yard, we see Chris Claremont mowing the lawn yep. and, and Stan Lee watering the lawn. Um, and so they ultimately agree, but that's what they should have shown, right? Like, how much inter- more interesting would this have been in, like... You know, the, the X-Men, uh, Xavier and Magneto show up, go through, you know, convince, mind wipe a cop to let them come in in the aftermath of this happening, of this disaster. Like everyone's car getting smashed and, and everyone freaking out. Exactly. And yeah. being like, look, like, the, you know, the police are going to take your daughter. You know, like she has this thing like there's no there's it's just like nothing happens from a I don't like you are either you guys car guys. Like if you lift a car up, you know, 
20 feet in the air and drop it, is it okay? Uh, no, it just run it normal, is 100% or is it not okay. It's definitely not okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that what shocks are for? I don't... Like, this would be... Everyone would freak out. Everyone, like, Chris Claremont would go and call the police and get these people murdered. Like, there, there's no... You know, it's, it makes sense at all. Especially Xavier's, like, pimp-ass 1968, like, Bentley. Like, that's probably a $100,000 car that he drove to the Grey House. And yeah. it is just... It's definitely not that, driving yeah, out that, of that Yeah, that, that car is not going to drive anytime soon. <laughs> like, the, no. those, those axles are destroyed. <laughs> and then, so, so, so we missed the scene where uh, Jean Grey floats them home in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and, in, and I guess in theory, just, like, telekinesis is all those other cars back to... to proper working order for their for her neighbors yeah <laughs> like a montage she, of she's like, like a master mechanic secretly yeah like her she she puts a a, a do-rag on her on her head and like uptown girl starts playing and she just fixes all the cars like, cerebro download um, the bentley repair manual to gene gray's head yeah. well she yeah she could just download the uh the bentley repair manual like doesn't uh according to the cartoon like she could just Yes. Read the mind of the, the car. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but this, this, you know, it lacks drama. Like this is, this is, this is a, a limp, limp scene. Yeah. I think. It's, it's pretty, just kind of there. And then we, we jump ahead to what she mentioned, the second cold open. Uh, and I think this movie actually has three cold opens. Like I know one is after the CGI. Oh, you're right. Actually. Um, yeah. But yeah, this, this little weird, like black swan, 10 years early bullshit that we get with Warren Worthington <laughs> is, it's really disturbing. Like, I kind of like that aspect of it. Like, I like the fact that like is a weird word, right? But like, it's, it's it gets you off. Yeah, yeah. I definitely for. masturbated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird because you have a guest and you guys all watch yeah. it together. Yeah. It was like, very weird because only Jeremy was masturbating. <laughs> yeah, everyone else is just watching the movie because they're so engrossed because X Men. Yeah, what a great film. The Last Stand. <laughs> it distracts you from your host jerking it. Yeah. Uh, it's that good. <laughs> So, it's so good. I, I, like, I think this scene is legit good. Yeah, like, do it too. doesn't need to be here, but this is a good scene. Like, this is this is cool. Um, the idea of somebody who is a mutant, like, literally just like and mutilating himself, and it's really hard, like, hard to watch and sad. And like, this is super good. Uh, Warren Worthington's not important to this movie, <laughs> but, but um, he's in he, it he shouldn't way be too in this much movie for someone who is not important to this movie. Well, he's he's like build, but he almost he doesn't do anything. Yeah, like he, he's bullshit. Like he. He he flies out of a window and like, I think that's the last we see him. Like it. No, he he does save garbage. his dad at the end. Don't forget that. Like there's. Yeah. I guess he had he's an saying, arc yeah, he, that was off screen. <laughs> there's a little mini movie with, with him and his dad that has nothing to do with the rest of the X Men or Magneto. It was 2006. Uh, I bet there was a webisode about it. <laughs> that's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> that's, that's true. There's a, there's a there's a DVD webisode. Some sort of viral marketing um, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> But, the, you know, this is, he's trying to cut off his wings. This is pretty good, I think. Mm-hmm. Then, third cold open, uh, the not-too-distant future, we get our, our danger room scene in this, like, post-apocalyptic sentinel escape with the acting X-Men doing a training exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Wolverine is, is acting like a real dipshit here. I really hate this, like, smart-ass, like, this shit doesn't matter. You know, like, Wolverine. I don't understand why he's characterized as such well especially after the events of x-men 2 where he almost single-handedly and with the help of colossus like defended the x-mansion and defended a bunch of these mutant kids from the government literally breaking into the house and shooting them like you would think that he would take this more seriously like all of the kids yeah. in this in this place were in that scene right <laughs> man colossus yeah. <laughs> yeah i would like you guys to be trained also 
we the last where we left Wolverine, he just found out from Stryker. He's like, yeah, you got into some bad shit. Like we were bad people. Yeah, you know, this is a big plot bomb on you. Uh, flash forward and Gene dies, and then flash forward to this, and he's just like, doesn't give a shit about anything. Yeah, and we found it's out really dumb. We found out right after this that he's basically like just passing through, right? Like with the, his confrontation with Scott, who. Because apparently what happens is Cyclops gets sad, Wolverine happens to show up to get his, like, car payment from Xavier, and then they're like, hey, Z- hey Wolverine, can you, can you train these kids? And he's like, I can, but badly. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be gonna absolutely do- disaffected <laughs> while I'm training these guys. I'll do it, but I'm going to do the worst job. <laughs> It's like uh, when it, when one of my friends used to tell me when I had like shitty jobs uh, in high school and stuff is that like if you ever want to quit, just be like I'm, I'll come in, but I'm coming in drunk. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and just like make that threat. And that's pretty much what Wolverine is doing here. Like, yeah, I'll do it, but I'm, I'm not going to care about whether they live or die. So I will say uh, that uh, I continue to enjoy this Colossus. Like he gets a lot of screen time in this movie, mm-hmm. and I, you know, young, strong dude. They show him like carrying a like a giant Trinitron down a hallway later. <laughs> which I think is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and, then, and they do the Wolverine special from the comics, which is the dorkiest the thing Wolverine imaginable. Special. In... The, 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 that, that famous X-Men, the famous X-Men the, move. move. Wolverine special. The Wolverine yeah, special. It's, it's, it's their X-Tech. Is, 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 that, is that when you throw a fastball as if it was Wolverine? Yes, yes. exactly. Um, it's, it's the reverse of the fastball special? I, uh, I definitely um, got those mixed up because we named an episode the Wolverine special of this podcast. Oh, That's yeah. what I was doing there. I, think that, I, I believe that referred to some sort of sandwich. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't remember. Um, but th- there's a little bit of, like, just kind of fighting and dynamics and stuff here, right? Like, we're just seeing the team. Shadow. I, I am happy that Rogue, Shadowcat, and Iceman are, like, full, and Colossus are full members of the team mm, Me now. too. I think that's cool. Is this a... Uh, you know, I like those characters. Is this the first time that, that Storm does a twirl? Yes, and she does it constantly, <laughs> yep. and it made her vomit a lot on set. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, they, they, had to, they had to bring on a, like, an assistant director had to bring on a bucket because she kept puking during the shooting of this movie. <laughs> and it's like, there's a part of that that to me that's like, feels like poetic justice because one of the many problems with this movie is that storm has such a huge part in it. Um, she was not going to be in the movie until she kind of said like, Hey, storm has to have much more importance if I'm going to do this, uh, which like fair enough. However, you have never been a good storm and the movie storms have never been good. And like, that's going to make a worse movie. And so now you get a lot more stuff to do, um, which ends up being them slotting her into a role that anybody could be. Uh, any, you know, her, her voice in this movie is not unique to storm or storm's background. And, uh, she gets a lot of action scenes that all made her puke. <laughs> so I, I feel like there, there's some like justice to this. Sure. We, we made a you drinking know? game out of it. Anytime a character twirls, <laughs> we all take a drink. So. <laughs> we were very drunk while we were watching this movie, Gary. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like if I do ever visit you, uh, Jeremy, it's gonna be hard because I don't know if I can keep up with your drinking. You definitely can't. It's like, I'll yeah. do it for one day. And then it's just like the tomorrow, the next day I just like sleep in until two and then like wander out, eat a piece of peanut butter with peanut, your bread with peanut butter on it and then go back to my room, like lose half my vacation. Unfortunately, the peanut butter yeah. in my house is alcoholic too. So that's not going to be a good oh, it's, thing. It's, yeah, I had, I had to bring in outside peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. You had to pack yourself. It's not a liquid TSA. Do, um, do we have a, a the, like a timeline of how, like they don't really tell us this. They just say like, you know, um, like it's in the future or whatever, where this movie takes place after the events of the second movie, uh, the end of which Jean Grey died and Cyclops is still real fucked up about, which is fine. But um, this this leads to this confrontation between Cyclops and Wolverine, where Wolverine's just basically telling him like, "Get over it, bub." <laughs> and mm. Gary, like, that, I know they weren't married, but like, 
they were in a pretty significant relationship with one another, and Wolverine's over there like, I know how you feel. Like, fuck you, Logan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, don't, uh, you don't know. And, like, Cyclops, for as much as he's barely used in this because he had to go play a very small part in that Superman movie, um, is, is at the very least, like, acts normal about what's going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Like, he's mourning, and it's, like, it's believable and, and works okay. Yeah, he's allowed to be sad about um, his girlfriend dying. <clears throat> Yeah, totally. And, like, Wolverine thinks that he shouldn't totally. be, I guess. Yeah, Wolverine, again, his motivations don't make a whole lot of sense here. You know, this whole this whole exchange where it's like, you know, I'm just passing through, covering for you. It's like, well, Storm couldn't do this, or, like, you know, I don't know. Like, it's a very weird thing for him to be passing through. And what does that mean? Where was he going? Where did he come from? <laughs> like, you know, I, I, what is, what is, what was Wolverine doing other than this? Because Wait. he drops everything in his, whatever the implied extra life he has. Did you just make up Cotton Eye Logan? Is that what you just did? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, um, um I, I like the idea of like, couldn't Storm do this or like, couldn't they pull in like basically any other mutant ever besides Wolverine? Because, uh, the scene after this, we are introduced to Beast for the first time who has not even been, like, I mean, like, casually mentioned in one of the first movies, but then now all of a sudden he's the secretary of mutant affairs. He's just, like, a major character for no particular reason. So I don't I don't remember what he was in when, he, when they showed him before. So the, the, his cameo before this was he was on a TV in the background um, as a human mm-hmm. uh, talking to somebody in X-Men 1, I think. Uh, possibly X-Men 2, but I, he might have been the secretary of mutant affairs then, too, to be fair. Um, they show a little like Chiron at the bottom of a uh, of the screen, or Chiron, or I don't know how to pronounce that word. I'll go Chiron. But they show, a, yeah, they, they show they show a little little ticker. So he could have been this before. Like I, I think it's actually, and this is you know, I wasn't maybe I'm alone in this. I think all of the Beast stuff in this movie works really well. I think I think Beast is good uh, in this. It's like a good articulation of Beast. He's not annoying, and he makes sense as somebody who like was part of the team and decided he was going to try to do more good rather than like punching people in costumes like go through political channels. Like, I think that makes tons of sense. I think Beast is good in this, but it's just, like, his his appearance, like, his initial initial appearance just, like, threw me for a major loop. Because, like, it, it's just, like, it's treated like he's just always been around and we just haven't seen him before. Which I guess is the case, but, like, yeah. it just, like, threw me off. It's, like, because, like, Beast shows up and I'm like, oh, like, why is he sitting upside down on the ceiling? And then Gar- and then Jeremy's like, oh, he, he, was, he wasn't even in the movies before this. Like, good, <laughs> good. Yeah. <laughs> It, it is real weird that, like, he comes up as a, a former, you know, classmate immediately. And when he shows up, like, as much as the <clears throat> makeup and costuming and stuff is, like, probably good for 2006, as an image of him, like, hanging out in this board meeting, it ma- it just, like, it's just Blue <laughs> Frazier, and it's, like, extremely weird. Like, it's really, really weird. It took us, what, like 300 years to get to Black President? There's no way we're accepting a blue furry guy in the cabinet. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, we don't live in that world. Um, th- this scene is really interesting, though, because, like, the he goes to sit down directly next to the president because they're dealing with some mutant shit. And just like you said, like, here's a mutant that's in a position of power that isn't just, you know terrorizing folks basically or mm-hmm. flying around in jet planes he's actually like out there doing some shit and giving the president advice on mutant stuff like the president has uh managed we're not the president but like our government has managed to capture mystique and you know hank's response to this is like you know this is going to do nothing but provoke magneto like you're just asking for it at this point like this is not a good idea yeah yeah it's it's very it's very strange um 
<clears throat> they just had to reenter. They're they're full full bore ahead introducing reintroducing people. You know, they're trying to set everything up. Um, so like, uh, they have Mystique. Mystique is in the the jail cell, mm-hmm. uh, and like this is real weird too because she starts doing Mystique shit and fighting her captor who's interviewing her about Magneto. Um, cause Magneto is at large after X-Men two, um, no alarms go off. Nobody does anything about it. Like they managed to like get her and the con, like the president's just calmly watching this and they just turn like, it off. Everyone's man. just watching her almost <laughs> escape and they turn it off. Like she gets captured again, but they're just kind of like, huh? Like she's going to escape, huh? You know, like, they're very like calm about it. It's very weird. Like nobody uses a cell phone. Um, it's 2006. They could. Yeah, they definitely could. Yeah. It's... It would have been like a Motorola razor, but they could have done it. Yeah, totally get it. Your Samsung salad bar, out and like says you know, send a text that's just like, "Hey, security, stop Mystique playing is snake choking somebody." On your Nokia, and yeah, let me send this text via T nine. Yeah, Mystique has has done her thievery thing and gone to the FDA um, and has stolen this information about Leech, who um, is a mutant that they're using to create the cure for mut- for mutant kind. Um, first off, the FDA does not do this. <laughs> this is not the <laughs> FDA's job. Um, but I, I, I actually, I kind of dig this whole plot line a lot. Like, it's goofy, but it it's suitably scary, right? And it's something lifted pretty much directly from the comics, and they, they get it right, I think, even to, like, the weaponized aspect of it. Mm-hmm. This was very effective for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, I, and I, I have no problem with the FDA doing that. Like, it would be a drug, you know? Like, like what they, they're synthesizing from is, you know, it would, what else would it fall under? You know, um, th- like that, this makes sense to me. And this, this section of the plot works better for me. It's, it's hard to say though. Cause it's like the Jean Grey stuff. I don't think is terrible as far as movie Jean Grey. It's just handled badly. I don't think it's a terrible idea though. Cause I, I don't want to see space and stuff. If you're going to do a dark Phoenix thing, which is what they're going to do. Like, I don't want that either. You know, if you, if you're going to do dark Phoenix, just having her come back as like, this kind of broken damage version. Um, it's a little bit like, um, there's a comic called Phoenix and song oh, yeah. that like came out in like, you know, like in the mid, <laughs> mid two thousands. That's like, it's mostly like Jean gray coming back as kind of dead and incomplete and kind of crazy. Uh, and nobody really knowing what to do with her and her not knowing what to do with herself. Um, and I think that's a fine direction to take her in. Mm-hmm. So like any individual element of something that happens in this movie, isn't dumb to me. Like, this isn't dumb. It's not dumb that, like, they have Leech. They're synthesizing a cure from his blood or whatever his DNA. Mystique wants to steal it. That's all good. Yeah, it seems, uh, seems you know, reasonable to me. Yeah. All this stuff seems reasonable. It's just, like, how it articulates and how characters act that make it stupid. I, I, I guess in revisiting this, I actually assumed that the uh, the FDA was making this. But it's definitely not. It's Warren Worthington's, not, or Worthington, like, corporation that's making this. And the FDA must be approving it, so... My bad. I, yeah. I'll, I'll back off the FDA on this, but yeah, like I, <laughs> I thought it was real dumb when she was like, "I'm stealing the cure for mutants from the FDA." <laughs> it seemed rude. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this where we go? Um, oh no, no, yeah, this is where we get like a weird physics lesson, or excuse me, ethics lesson. Oh my from, goodness, uh, Xavier, who's basically like, "Would you steal this coma person?" <laughs> <laughs> This this is some really like sloppy Chekhov's gun shit. Yes, it is. <laughs> I I I hate this. Like, because it's like, boy, is this convenient. This is extremely convenient. Like, and the X Men always do that. Like they, you know, it's like the when the school got attacked in X Men Two. Like they were watching that nature documentary about, you know, 
uh, about about like the mother coming back to protect its kids and like in X-Men 1 they talk about uh, there's that cutscene where they're talking about the uh, Roman emperor who the way that he takes over is he like converts Mm-hmm. Uh, the leader of a, a people, you know, it's the same thing they're going to do to Senator Kelly in the first one. Um, but this is so fucking sloppy, uh, extremely sloppy. It makes me very mad. Um, <laughs> and it's something that happened after the fact, right? Like it, because of the production troubles of this movie, uh, they realized kind of close to the last minute of like, Hey, we can't kill off fucking Xavier. <laughs> like He's yeah. Xavier. So they had to like go back and reshoot this so that they could, you know, you know, do the post credit stinger. Set of up like, this thing. Oh, whoa, he's actually alive. Yeah, he's in a different. He's in a different body, which never actually like. These are technically in the same continuity as the first class movies, mm-hmm. and or the movies that come after that as well. Uh, or actually, yeah, or, I mean, I guess in or Logan, you know, it's technically in the same continuity as Logan, and he's not in another person's body, and like <laughs> Logan very cleverly deals with that by having uh, him say like the things that happened in the movie didn't actually happen that way. But uh, well, and, it's it's never and actually don't forget, like, picked Days of up Future Past. Just like basically can rewrite this timeline, right? Like that that rebooted That's, everything, yeah. and so you can come back and have X, an X Men three that wasn't this bad. <laughs> Time travel, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there's no reason for them to. They didn't never really need to like open up this loophole to get through it again. Yeah, I think um, the Go Outside Storm is uh, making you know upsetting the weather systems across the world. Uh, essentially butterflying effect and causing droughts uh, that will kill thousands mm-hmm, mm-hmm. probably by just changing the weather willy nilly. Same um, storm. And her characterization that is sudden. Uh, now she has character. This is the first time in the, the series of any of these movies is that uh, she's proud to be a mutant. And like she needs to be uh, for, like somebody needs to be. But again, like anybody could be that in, in the comics, uh, the dichotomy when they come up with the cure is between beast and Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes sense. Uh, Beast obviously has a reason to want to cure. He doesn't want to look like a cat anymore. Wolverine has been around and seen shit, you know, has seen like lived through, you know, World War II and eugenics and, and stuff like that. Like he has reason to say like, hey, this is going to be bad. Uh, slotting Storm into that slot makes no fucking sense. It has nothing to do with her background, which is more or less non-existent in the movies. Uh, it is poor, poor, poor characterization. Uh, I think they did it just because Halle Berry's agent like needed her in this movie for some like tax write off or something. Right. Like that's the only reason that any of this exists. It's the only reason it's storm. They needed somebody to argue against this pretty reasonable thing. Right. Like the thing about this cure. uh, And one of the things that kind of belies the movie is that like, yes, it could be used um, against people's will and weaponized. Right. Like it's, it's something to be treated with caution. the X-Men and people kind of act about like this uh, as if this shouldn't exist at all and shouldn't be like an opt-in thing, you know, mm-hmm. like why would the X-Men care about somebody like willfully deciding not to be a mutant? You know, uh, it seems like that'd be, that would be something they could be okay with uh, in the right hands and they would want to like, Oh, we should have control over this or like, Oh, you know, we should uh, talk to the president. Like we have allies now in government. You know, let's uh, let's actually work with them to make this work. And there's a couple like little nods in the movie about, it, you know, there being some shady shit going on. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like having Storm take that hardline stance and have that be the X-Men's kind of official thing about this is silly. You know, the X-Men should want there to be a cure. Yeah. I feel like. And this is so you know, obvious why they would want to like 
again, in the cartoon, we, we've talked a lot about the warlocks, or Morlocks, and how they definitely shouldn't be living underground or anything, but, like, if anybody would want these things, it's the fucked up mutants that live underground because they're ashamed of their bodies. <laughs> like, like you would think mm-hmm. the X-Men would want to provide this almost as a service, especially if it wasn't, like, you know, negatively used, like weaponized or anything. Um, and it is, when we see it used in the movie for the first time, it just turns Mystique into Rebecca Romaine, which doesn't seem like a downside to me. Like, it seems like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, to be fair, though, they call they call the cure... They have the cure weapons... Mm-hmm. Like that's that's like yeah. they, they're really beaten hard on this being like an a, 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 this is this is an a, this is an attack on mutants, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and and it, and it and it is right. Like they do they do make cure weapons. No, yeah, for sure. Like they they do they are weaponizing. Like the government is corrupt, so it's it's just not as black and white as it's portrayed. And there's not enough time or attention or care put into making this like an interesting issue or like kind of nuance. They just make Storm hate it uh, for no particular reason. Uh, you know, Magneto, it makes sense to hate it, right? Mm-hmm. Like Magneto actually is like well-motivated. Uh, he's dumb. Like his plans are dumb, but his motivation makes sense. Storm's motivation doesn't make sense. So that ends up being kind of the the issue with that, I think. Uh, and then she learns about all this stuff, right? This happens during the scene. Like Beast shows up, says, hey, there's a cure. Wolverine and Beast kind of meet each other for the first time. Um, and they're just like, what do we do about this cure? Um, we go over to Worthington's labs, uh, they watch like Worthington's lab, Worthington labs. Yeah. Xavier uh, says like, it's being announced right now. Like he's picking up by psychic yeah. bullshit press <laughs> announcement. Psychic TV signal. Uh, he's got this like a nomad like TV adapter. I mean, I, I do want to say that so. Gary, you just totally glossed over the whole extended scene where Wolverine and beast like sniff each other's butts. They, they do, uh, they, they do have like a. There's a real like you're an animal. Look who's talking. Kind of like <laughs> the the uh, the sexual tension between Fraser and Wolverine. Is incredible. Um, it's a uh, it's extremely weird. Um, and and Rogue obviously like Rogue comes in and wants it, and it's like oh yeah, like that should be on the other side of this equation of everything you're thinking about, Storm. You know, like oh like this person doesn't get human touch. Uh, that's not worth considering to you. Like that's that's worth not worth a second of thought, right? You know, and 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 like Rogue is one of the lucky ones. Like, there's tons of people who are just like, I'm a monster. I have to live in the fucking sewer. You know, like I'm gonna die. Like the the, the comics do that all the time. They have like mutants. It's like, oh, this guy's made of gas. Um, this person's like aging backwards. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, where they would die without a cure. Um, Storm's just like, no, we're not a disease. This is stupid. Come on, guys. Don't be <laughs> Rogue. Don't be an idiot. It- it makes me think Storm has only met five mutants, right? She's only <laughs> met the X-Men. <laughs> she only knows the the super, super handsome cuties that, like, <laughs> fight, fight, who do uh, leather terrorism. I don't think there's uh, anything wrong with Cyclops and his red Make Mutants Great Again hat. That's, it seems fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Storm, Storm sucks. Uh, the, they yeah. cut for for the alternative thing. They cut over uh, to this weird like mutant town hall meeting in a church. Um, why are these guys dressed like this? Why are they dressed? It's two thousand six, like, <laughs> nineteen ninety nine. It's, it's amazing yeah. though. Like talked about some mutant yeah. leather daddies earlier earlier in this podcast, it's, it's and that's su- exactly what leather. they are. And it's so dark. Like yeah. it's just like the set design here sucks. Like why is it so like gloomy and dark? And everyone's dressed like a you know, again, like a post-apocalyptic, you know, escape from New York character. It makes no sense. It's, it's like they all, the bad guys, uh, it's, Gary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very lame. It's like they all, um, um, like just fell into a, uh, like 
<clears throat> Matrix costume party by accident, <laughs> right? Like just like, fell into yeah. Neo's, at, you know, cast-offs or, or whatever. Um, this whole thing is is super weird to me. Like it's like a town hall setup for what looked like a hundred mutants. I think that's so the chick counts them later, but I, I didn't write them down. Um, but like a hundred mutants, like trying to make, I guess, a decision for all mutant kind about this cure. Like there's that's no not a decision. It just. This kind of thing happens in real life, right? Like, there's a disaster, or there's some kind of thing, and, like, town halls, like, get together to meet. And they're, they're just talking about it. You know, they're not going to necessarily do anything about it. But it's like, um, like, churches do this. Like, this, I feel like this felt like a thing that could happen to me. Yeah, they're just, like, gauging interest, basically. Yeah, or, or just kind of like, hey, you have a lot of questions. We're going to get together, and, and we have this crisis in our community. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. You know, not not like we're going to make a decision. I don't think anybody here has, like, power. You know, yeah. Uh, until, until Magneto, Magneto decides to weaponize them, <laughs> <laughs> and and Magneto does show up, uh, dressed in more magenta. Like the the real class yeah. five mutant in this organization is whoever is working for uh, <laughs> Magneto and just dressing all of his dudes, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he shows he, up um, and basically just scoots the, the the public speaker out, who's kind of like trying to like have an actual <laughs> conversation, and he just goes into like, mutant power is a weird face. <laughs> His, his mutant power is that he doesn't eat enough. Like this, th- that dude plays death in another show that I watch, which is a really weird thing because in that show he's given like a huge, um, like he is he is a dude, right? Like he's got like a lot of like he is scary in that show. So like having him mm. show up as like a guy that gets brushed off by fucking Pyro of all people, <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. Uh, so he shows up, and the cameos here are pretty obnoxious. Um, one of the worst things about this movie is that they introduce a lot of characters that I genuinely like, but make them all fucking suck Yep. Uh, in an extreme, extreme way. So like there's more, you know, there's lots of cameos. There's like the obese guy who kind of looks like fat from ecstatics a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's is like, that the guy that turns skinny randomly for no reason. Yeah. Where he sits down yeah, in between the skinny. two people. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's a couple of things like that, but this scene where like, Magneto just says, like, you know, at first he's doing his, like, Magneto, I'm a Holocaust survivor thing, where it's like, they will weaponize it. I've seen this before. Like, that's all good. And then uh, people show up, and he starts getting interested in people's powers, again, because everyone's treating each other like a trading card in this movie. Uh, and especially uh, and this girl my, in this movie. It is, that's the, this is the worst thing that's happened in this franchise <laughs> of films. I'm, like, not joking. Out of all of these movies, this little thing where he goes, and what do you do? And she does that little, like run 10 feet run back thing and he goes very nice is the dumbest thing but she that does that and then also in a she superhero like, movie also she can like apparently read people's trading cards like that's the thing right she did she she's got caliban's powers for some reason because it's like they didn't want to have caliban uh show up here which would make sense in this group of like misfits and things but it's like let's just double up and give uh it's not is she callisto in this or is she, she um arc light I was gonna. Well, that's the that's the thing. Is Callisto was credited, in, and I think it is this chick. But then also yeah, they call Callisto. her Arclight. No, Arclight is the other person. Uh, Arclight's a, the lady with the Jerry curl. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Like, yeah. But th- then there's also. Did, um, you, did you know Psylocke is credited in this movie? Like the chick with the the Asian chick with the purple uh, dye job. Yeah. 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 What the and fuck? The, none of them are good. They're just like shitty soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I swear to God, that little thing where she runs the left and runs back <laughs> is I, there's nothing I hate more in any superhero movie. Like it's, no it's joke, really like, no exaggeration. 
It is it is so dumb. And Magneto shouldn't give a shit. Like right before that, there's a part where it's like, you know, where's your mark? And then he's like shows his like Holocaust tattoo, and I'm like, that's you know, I can get behind that. Yeah, right? that's like, like effective. Hey, sit down, son. Yeah, yeah like, like I motherfucker, you know, you I survived the shit. Holocaust. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, you you guys tattooing yourself, you know, which is I'm also fine with them tattooing themselves. It's like mm-hmm. you know, Days of Future Cast, Bishop Future shit, mm-hmm. like, and him being like, no, 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 like don't mark yourself. Like that's what they do. Like there's like shades of the the end of the Grant Morrison thing. I know I bring that run up a lot because it's very good. Um, this could have been where it's like him trying to be like the granddaddy of this young generation and not really understanding them, mm-hmm. you know, like not really getting it. Uh, that could have happened instead. He's just like, mm, that'll be a good unit to add to my, my point build. Yeah. yeah for my warm hordes that I'm going <laughs> to storm Alcatraz with, because what the fuck am I even watching? Like it's, it is, uh, it makes my like skin crawl. It is, it is um, very bad. I very much agree. Yeah. I do want to say, oh. going into this scene, everything literally up into the beginning of the scene had a lot of goodwill for me, right? Like, I yep. was actually kind yeah. of digging all of this. Like, I kind of liked what they were doing with this cure thing and the back and forth. Like, you know, Storm is weak, but at least, like, they have somebody having that argument or whatever. And then when we get to, like, the gothic town hall, the gothic mutant town hall, I'm just like, what are you guys doing? This is ridiculous. And this... This little run that this chick does, and for some reason she can run fast and has Callisto's power, seems super. Like no other person has multiple mutant powers in this show, in this movie. No, it's just she's just a Swiss Army knife mutant. Um, it's it's extremely dumb, and it's extremely like, dumb. And it's like th- this is where the class the class system comes up again mm-hmm. and like starts being important yeah. in the movie. It's like they like they like a cost Magneto for being like a class three mutant or whatever. Or like yeah, I, I can't he's remember only, exactly he's what it is, but power level four or something like that. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. There's 100 mutants and it's here. Like, None it, of them are above class three, except, except for you two. Yeah. <laughs> and she, uh, like she, it's, it's the lady who who detects uh, mutants who's saying that. So did she make up the class system in her head? <laughs> like I, I understand the the I'm on board with the idea that she can understand degrees of power. Mm-hmm. Like I sense a lot of power from you. I don't sense a lot of power from these guys. Yeah, that's the very Dragon that Ball Z. Came up with her her own number for it. That's like the anime trope thing that is not <laughs> forgivable. It's, it's, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't assign this a number. And it's something that uh, uh, Xavier and Magneto referenced when she when they met Jean Grey mm-hmm. as well. So like she yeah. definitely didn't. So Xavier must have. And then she went and read this book and was like, "Oh, I know how to apply this to my extremely specific <laughs> mutant power." Yeah, she she borrowed the like she she looked up the PDF of the Cerebral <laughs> Owner Manual <laughs> on the dark net. <laughs> like, it's just, on like, the deep web. <laughs> also, and yeah, it is, it, the class system uh, is really dumb. Like, we, we can beat up on it a lot. But it, there is something to the fact that, like, the X-Men have always been positioned, whether, you know, well or not, as kind of like an allegory to, you know, outcast or homosexuals or, or, or whatever. So the fact that the first thing that the mutant community does is cram up with a class system <laughs> of whose power, like, bigger and badder than the other one is so fucking ridiculous to me. Oh, man. Let's get let's get past this. Yeah, what do you think? yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I think the scene the is the scene is cool. I'm I'm fine with this. Mm-hmm. This next scene is good. Uh, this is them busting Mystique out, mm-hmm. right? Or no, they're not yet. Like that comes up in a second. But at first, we just Mystique is being transported on eighteen wheeler. Then we move on to other stuff. We will get there. Yeah. Um, Beast shows up at Worthington Labs, uh, meets Leech, who's just like a creepy little kid. Um, and as like uh, Beast gets close to him. 
um, he gets unmutant, like his hand turns human, uh, which this would have been a really good way to make him be the advocate for the cure. Uh, like he is in the comics. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, tell me, tell me, you know, uh, Kelsey Grammer doesn't want to be Kelsey Grammer. Like there's, there's no way like he, you know, being Frasier every day. Like, can you imagine? You know, can you imagine? <laughs> a, a, a better life <laughs> does not exist. It. Like that, that, yeah. That dude is extremely <laughs> tired of picking blue fur out of all of his food. Like, there's just he would, oh, he would totally. jump on this in a heartbeat. I'm surprised he didn't just he would... kidnap Leech in this scene and run away with it. <laughs> You're mine you know now, like, like long haired, long haired cats get like turd stuck in there. Exactly. Yes. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. There's no way Fraser's putting no, up with that. Like, I don't believe that Cartoon Beast will do it, but not Fraser Crane. Absolutely not. He's not going to toss that salad or scramble them eggs, man. It's not going to happen. Miles McCoy has moved out of that apartment like 15 years ago at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, Leech, Leech is the real deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we get Cyclops. Cyclops is going to the place where Gene died because uh, he's still in mourning, which makes sense. It makes it feel like it's pretty recent, but also, you know, he has reason to care. And he's also like hearing um, Gene, right? Like he's hearing Gene say Scott. Yeah. Um, She's whispering in his ear. We, we forgot to mention this just since we're talking about Gene, but literally in that first scene where we meet young Gene Gray, her dad talking to Xavier and Magneto looks at Xavier and says, but what about Gene? Like a minute and 45 <laughs> seconds into this movie. <laughs> I forgot. I can't believe I forgot to mention it. Like I literally texted you as soon as I, as soon as I saw that the first time I watched this, like how appropriate, like, uh, thank you. It's script doctors. It's, uh... <laughs> we appreciate that. <laughs> and as a, as someone who just listens to this show normally, uh, you guys have ruined uh, the word Gene and what about Gene for me. <laughs> Good. Uh, excellent. So that that, um, uh, that 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 hit us pretty hard. Basically, every time anybody yelled about Gene <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> um. So he shows up. Uh, Gene Gray pops out of the lake. And uh, he's, you know, he doesn't believe it. I think James Marsden is actually a good actor. And I think he does a, a lot of selling it yeah. in the scene, right? Like mm-hmm. his confusion and just like, oh, the, I know I've seen some shit. This can't be, this is too good to be true. Um, she, this is a, a thing from the comics as well. She tells him to take off his visor because she'll uh, control his powers. Yep. Um, and uh, that's, that's a really great moment from the comics. It's actually in that, uh, that Phoenix Unsong uh, comic. One of the best moments in it is uh, 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 Emma Frost tries to do the same thing. Like says, I'll turn it into diamond. You won't be able to hurt me. Uh, but when they do it, his powers just refract off her like crazy. And it makes like this laser war zone in this, you know, uh, house that they're in and fucks everything up. Like, so, you know, it's like this version of trying to do that romantic moment with his new girlfriend. And it doesn't work like trying to recreate it. It's a really great moment. Um, but anyway, so this is like a direct homage. Um, they start making out, which is all well and good. Uh, but th- I hate the way that Jean's like power, of like this should have just been fire. She, she has rogue like, power. She's the this is like, the same CGI it's, effect from X Men One. Yeah, it's real bad. The, the, <laughs> like wavy skin, like wiggly skin mm-hmm. that happens, uh, and they keep doing it. And it's like, you know, s- sometimes like narratively, what's happening is good. Like the idea that she's just kind of like emitting this energy and is just this, like this energy, you know, energy force that just like destroys things near her because she can't control herself is all well and good. They just should have made it fire. It's not like fire is that expensive. You know, like fire is one of the things that people do in CG uh, all the time. It's pretty basic, you know. Uh, I think they should have just had it be fire. Especially so th- because this ends up looking really silly. 
especially because they go out of their way to call her the Phoenix. Like we're going to get like yeah. there, this entity is in her mind that's referred to as the Phoenix, but yet she doesn't do any fire shit whatsoever. Nope. It's no. so telekinetic shit. <laughs> yeah. There's no reason for it to be called the Phoenix in this. Like since it's, and I, again, I don't mind it being detached from the Shi'ar like nonsense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it just being this, like a name for her other personality that she came up with. Fine. Yeah, you know, and that, that is I, fine. I but guess you, you call her the Phoenix because she like came back from the dead, right? Like she's reborn as yeah. as the Phoenix, yeah. right? Like she's 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 come back. Mm-hmm. Well, it it came so, before I that. Guess. Like she called herself the Phoenix when she was doing psychic therapy with Xavier. Right, and right, right. Comes out later. That, yeah, so it, it was before she even came back. You know, yeah, right. Um, I forgot about so that. <laughs> she just knew she was, was going to come back. Gary, yeah. I was very drunk when I was watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's not like a great scene or anything. No. Um, <laughs> So Professor is like, oh shit, one of my X-Men is dead. Um, go to Alkali Lake. It's important. Um, we get there. Everything's all foggy. Uh, Storm, for once in her fucking life, unfogs things. But so how, wait, how weird do you think but, that is for her? But <laughs> like, wait. She waits like five or ten minutes. Like, until I think, Logan complains about it being foggy. Yeah, Wolverine has to remind her that she can control the weather. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like uh storm can see through the fog and like it's no. like oh this is fine for you but it sucks for everyone else it's like no it's gotta be the worst for you if anything anyone could see through this it's wolverine like he's got super senses you know why <laughs> what are you just wandering around in the dark forest storm um you just created a thunderstorm earlier for no reason like um so this is the after effects of this. And I think this is kind of cool and unsettling. Like there's just like pebbles floating and everything. Like mm-hmm. places mm-hmm. where the Phoenix were have this like unsettling effect. And they find Cyclops' glasses. He'd never go anywhere without his glasses. Cyclops is dead. He died off screen. Yeah. Which is a Phoenix-ness. bummer. When I watched this in yeah. the theater, uh, this was one of the, like, he, one of my biggest complaints is like, you're killing like the X-Men. Yeah. How can you kill Cyclops off screen? Exactly. That was so yeah. weird to me. Yeah. Especially on this rewatch. I'm like, I... I, I, because, like I said earlier, I've only seen this movie one time before last night, and I just did not remember that Cyclops just dies, like, with no fanfare. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. Um, pretty, pretty dumb. Yeah. Um, they find Jean, like, off-camera, too, right? And then the this thing about the telekinetic c- c- cocoon is an off... It's just <laughs> a, a, a thing they say off about it. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, like, uh, Xavier goes out of his way and says, like, with the amount of water that should have crushed her would have <laughs> just obliterated her. She must have surrounded herself in a telekinetic cocoon. Like, having seen the movie Cocoon several times, like, that's not how those work, Xavier. <laughs> uh, Jer- Jeremy and I had a little conversation. I'm going to bring some Star Wars into this podcast, Gary. Um, Uh-oh. Because we were talking about Darth Maul, and as you remember, Darth Maul... Uh, just just was, casually? Was, like, what, <laughs> why? Just, just casually talking about Darth Maul. As you remember, Darth Maul was okay. killed uh, Sorry, by, by getting cut in half and, and sent down a reactor shaft, right? Um, um, I'll, I'll take your word for that. Okay, well, he, he's back. Uh, he, he, he still lives in Star Wars Rebels. And the, the, the way that he kept himself from dying was through pure hatred. Oh, hatred cocoon. It was, it was a hatred cocoon. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, I was hoping that they replaced his legs with like spider legs. Oh, uh, it's not and spider was, legs, like, it's robot legs. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, that seems an extremely cool thing to dedicate your life to, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, that's the, the, the you, you that that franchise definitely puts as much care and effort into itself as you do. So <laughs> Very you should true. Feel like it's worth your time. Uh, <laughs> it's, 
this is the, uh, this is let's get back to a franchise that respects its character. Respects its character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about X Men. Like, um, yeah, like X Men Three. <laughs> this is where we learn what uh, Professor Xavier did to young Jean Grey, which is basically segment her mind to protect her from this force that was like what he describes raw emotional power. Which like Xavier. Homegirl was like eight, nine years old tops. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, little kids are emotional, yo. <laughs> but it's I mean, pretty, it's it's pretty fucked up. It's a it's super very fucked up thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's extremely fucked up. Here's the thing, though, right? Like, if this had been presented as because Xavier did this pretty early, mm-hmm. um, this was a long time ago. It should have been he should have been regretful about it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what you you could have done this and had it been fine. Like, if he was just like, yeah, I. I realized I fucked up and caused this. Like, I didn't know what I was doing either. I was a young man and I was just now learning to like do psychic surgery or like train people or something like that. I wasn't teaching ethics to mutants back then. So I didn't know the difference. <laughs> yeah. Ex- 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 I hadn't taken, I hadn't read the, the book yet. The, um, if they had made that first scene be the aftermath of a disaster, he would then have reason to do that because he would want to prevent that disaster. As is, that first scene is presented as a cutesy thing that happens. Like, uh-oh, some cars got inconvenienced and Chris Claremont's confused. Uh, so there's no stakes. Like, there's no reason for him to take this very drastic measure. So the, the equation doesn't work. You know, it's like you could have done this, though, and had it be fine. You know, this just needed, like, a script pass that, like, fixed it. You know, like, just, oh, like, you know, I, I was scared because... Uh, when we got there, uh, there was a huge pile of skeletons on the yard, uh, that Jean Grey had like stripped of skin, you know, or something like that. Like, you know, the, the, the parents told me like, you know, I was, uh, with her, with her mother, uh, a recent widow because Jean Grey like destroyed her father when he tried to make her eat her vegetables or something like make her, make her scary mm-hmm. and make it justify his in- totally invasive, terrible act. Which would give weight you know? to his argument when Logan kind of accuses him of, like, I can't believe you did this to her. It, like, I've I've been messed with like this, and I thought you were better than that. And like, it would give weight to all of exactly. it. Exactly. Like, like, it would give it would yeah. make it would make all of the back half of this movie make a lot more sense because as it is, like, Jean Grey just wakes up and is just real horny. Like, that seems to be her most of it's, the motivation <laughs> for her is just to get some it's, Logan. And, uh, <laughs> And that's why, uh, you know, it explains a lot with her and Scott's relationship that Xavier, like, can you imagine being Scott and finding out that your boss turned off the horny center of your girlfriend? <laughs> like, <laughs> her brain and flipped off her horny? Dad, you did what? <laughs> yeah, excuse me? Like, not with all due respect, Professor. Um, you know, like, I, I, I don't know. And, and then if, uh, if... Jean Grey was presented as scary with that, you know, not just with her killing Scott. You'd have this awesome dramatic irony where, like, Wolverine doesn't believe it. The audience knows Wolverine's in danger. When Phoenix ends up signing up with Magneto, uh, Magneto would be in tons of danger and he wouldn't know it. Mm -hmm. You know, it would, like, play into his arrogance and stuff. It would just be so much better than what they did instead of just being, like, uh, you know, again, flipping off her, her, you know, her horny sphere. So, like, very frustrating (laughs) handling of something that could have, again all ideas I'm on board for, you know, it's just execution. It's, it's a lot of execution. Um, also I've been on record, especially with the movie versions of the X-Men franchise of just actively hating how Logan just creeps on Jean Grey all the time, despite Mm -hmm. the fact calling like Cyclops a teammate and like maybe not super best friends clubs, but they definitely have saved the world together twice. Like that should give you some like, yeah. bros, you know, like, Hey, you're my bro. I'm not, I'm definitely not going to try to steal your girlfriend. <laughs> 
And the fact that uh, Jean Grey wakes up and is like super horny at them, and he's like, wait, hold on, what about Cyclops? And then continues to make out with her yep. is really annoying to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's like pretty that. weird. It's it's very weird. Um, yeah. Is this where we go back to? Uh, this is where we see our second angel a cameo, which is the only thing you can really call it because he doesn't actually have a word in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Um, he's yeah, he's gonna get. Uh, they're gonna test him on his son, and it's creepy. He doesn't want it. Uh, he breaks f- breaks free and flies away. Uh, angel. It, so he he escapes from his dad. You think it, like you think this would be like oh he's gonna become a factor in the rest of the movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and he really doesn't i feel like there's a so. 20 minute conversation between uh rogue and angel that have been cut out where angel's like i know i'm different like but it is who i am and rogue like comes into that decision her own but nope just not gonna worry about that he's just gonna show up at alcatraz later for no fucking reason <laughs> yeah <laughs> just just to have that redemptive arc I remembered, but I I didn't I didn't I didn't do it because I didn't <laughs> want to. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I don't want to. Um, so here we. This is another cool scene, uh, which is pretty great. Where yeah, this scene rules. Um, yeah, this is good. Uh, the the eighteen wheeler shipping a bunch of mutants is going somewhere. I guess I guess to Alcatraz. Well, they they talk about um, this at the beginning uh, when Hank asked the president, like, "What are you going to do with her? Like, you can know that." Magneto can break into any prison, and he's like, "Well, we have a we have a new prison, a new mobile prison. So this is literally oh, okay. they're just going to stay on the road." Like, I think I've read a comic book about like a prison that never stops or whatever. I can't I can't place it, but I I feel like this is an idea, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I think that like the, the you know fairly fairly silly because it's not like Magneto can't. How does Magneto find him? The the mutant chick. Yeah, oh, the, the mutant. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Caliban. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Um, uh, not Caliban, Callisto. Weirdly enough. Um, so he breaks him out. This is real great, though. Like this is a cool. This is a cool special effects. This is good action. Yeah, when he's just like uh, standing in like. the middle of that road and the fucking semi just flips over his head. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Yep. And good, tossing the cars and stuff. That's cool. Some good action for sure. Um, breaks out. Uh, Mystique. Um, breaks out two other characters we have uh, multiple man who is like a character I like uh, who's pretty wasted in this movie like they they give him like his facial expression is right for the character like he's supposed to be kind of a cocky jerk mm-hmm. um, but they just make him like it's very funny how like they're really like hmm you can come free and join us he goes alright and then later <laughs> when they show up for the rest of the scene he's like I guess you messed up like <laughs> he's like that he's <laughs> got like two lines that are like super shitty uh, and then uh, Cockney Juggernaut guy, um, and I have real mixed feelings about this because this is undeniably a stupid-looking costume. I can't imagine them doing his costume yeah. well yeah. in a movie anyway. And, but you kind of have you know, to. And have the actual the helmet, actor who plays right? him, I'm kind of into it. Yeah, yeah. There's some some kind of helmet, and, and they, they couldn't do like the big trash can helmet, you know, like he actually has. <laughs> but know, I, that, I really wish would they would silly. have. It would have been very funny. Um, one big thing I, I've mentioned this a thousand times in other shows and stuff, but, uh, juggernaut is not a mutant in this. And I remember one of my friends who I went and saw this with came out and that was his big complaint. And I was like, dude, you know, like they're not going to do like, here's a half hour mini movie about the McCran crystal. Like, of course. Like, why wouldn't you just make everyone in this movie has powers of mutant? 
You know, like it, it's so much simpler. I, I know we've talked uh, about this so. before, but if they if they bring Juggernaut back for the movies, and, and they might have an apocalypse, I don't really remember much in that movie right now. But um, like having the Macan Crystal Netflix miniseries, I think would be dope as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would I would be pretty down with that actually. Yeah, like especially if you get uh like David Tennant stealing it from him and everything, get Nerd Jug back in there. The uh, the the Crimson Bands of Cytorak. Uh, is what what is I, people are freaking out because we kept saying McCran Crystal it is my fault. Oh yeah, yeah the yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah. That would have been cool. Mm-hmm. I think this is a cool moment. Yeah, this um, this, this is, is good. good. They're, they're sitting there kind of um, yeah. discussing like their their evil henchman plans or whatever, and uh, one of the guards is still alive. Reaches for a gun and shoots at Magneto with this like weird plastic gun that you know the camera kind of lingers on a little bit, and uh, Mystique throws herself in the way, and it the ammunition was like a needle. She falls to the ground and turns into beautiful, all naked Rebecca Romaine, uh, obviously a human. And, uh, yeah, like Magneto just doesn't even blink an eye. He just walks the fuck away. It's like, sorry, you're not one of us anymore. Yeah, it's like a high school motherfucker. Yeah. Right there. See you later. Yeah. This, this owns like that. That is a super good, you know, like I like that characterization of Magneto. Like he is a zealot, you know, and, and it, it, it kind of, this works for me, you know, and she's so loyal to him. Like, you know, she broke him out of prison, and the last one, like, she is so loyal to him. Uh, and to have him uh, have him do this is just, like, super cold, like, good good moment. Yeah. And we get to see Pyro's yeah. reaction, and I don't particularly like Pyro in this. Um, like, I... No, They no, make no. him unlikable, uh, but, like, him seeing this and, like, looking at Magneto, like, oh, the only reason I'm hanging out with you is that I can, like, shoot fire, like... That's the only yeah. reason that we're, we're, we're together. Like, we're not friends. We, we are mutant, yeah. like, acquaintances. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're exactly. allies we're by necessity, yeah. basically. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, do, they do terrible character assassination of Pyro. Because his arc in the second one is really good. And, mm-hmm. uh, and here it is, is just like, he's just like, what if I were evil? You know? <laughs> it's uh, like, what, it's what if we shitty. can have he a Harry some... Potter wizards duel with Bobby later in this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Super, super dumb. Um so after this, we get some stuff with beast beast decides to quit because they didn't tell him everything about the cure. Um, you know, that, that's fine. Uh, he's kind of arguing, you know, on the side of logic and, and, and just kind of, uh, you know, Hey, this has to be careful. You have to be open about this. This is a big deal. The president says, uh, no, it's not. Uh, and then we switch over to, <laughs> to Wolverine, uh, who's just watching Gene sleep. Uh, this is, this scene know, is so creepy. He he reaches out and touches yeah. this like, like comatose hospital patient that yeah. he hasn't seen and was presumed dead for an unknown amount of time, but apparently <laughs> for a long time. But like, let me reach out and touch your like cold ass cheek, comatose Jean Grey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so she wakes up in a horny haze, and uh, yep. they they you know seduces him. He's like you know. Hey, you know, your boyfriend just died. And she's just like, no, 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 I'm wild. I do whatever I want now. I'm an adult. I do what I want. Uh, and they're about to do it. Um, but then he says like, what about Scott? And she freaks out and starts, the room starts shaking. This is real cool. Um, I'm into this and says like, eventually she comes to her, her senses is like, Hey, kill me before I kill somebody else. Like I killed Scott. I don't want to live with that. Fucking stick your claws in me. I'm going to, you know, uh, and as she's like holding him and stuff too, he starts dissolving a little bit, you know, and his healing factor is the only thing that keeps him, you know, he's like the one man alive who could have sex with the Phoenix um, <laughs> and doesn't. So, 
uh, th- this is what I was mentioning earlier. I got a little ahead of myself, but this is like this is bad Logan to me. Like obviously, like he cares about this chick, but it's, it's just like a, from a pure sexual attraction. Like that's a hot redhead type thing. Yeah, he's just horny. Yeah, like that's all it is. Yeah, um, he's like he's always wanted to do this, and now that he finally has the chance, he's like, "Fuck yeah, I'm going for yeah, it." Yeah, he's just never had sex with a redhead right, before. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is. I, I do want to just mention like Famka or Famka. Jensen, I think, is the mm-hmm. is Jean Grey's name, the actress, and she is awesome at she all of this rules. stuff. She kind of she kind of owns Jean Grey throughout this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and a lot of it's just her just kind of being like dazed, you know. But I think that she actually like handles it pretty well. So, um, so she 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 leaves. She escapes the mansion <laughs> with no damage. Like she just like yeah. walks out and the school is fine. <laughs> she just goes back to the yeah. gray house. Like that seems really, it, it's just obvious that like they, there was more stuff that they were planning on doing and they edited it, all this shit out. So like our yeah. next big action scene is back at the gray household. Yeah. Um, where, uh, Xavier and Magneto meet there with like, you know, the brotherhood of evil mutants and the X-Men. Uh, there and it's like you know we're gonna let them go talk to each other and then we're gonna like saber rattle in the yard uh while like xavier and magneto try to be like the devil and angel on Jean gray's shoulder mm-hmm. uh you know um and it's like at first it's like this is kind of good i don't understand why uh xavier is just kind of letting magneto <laughs> just kind of talk to her like this <laughs> totally agree you know, like xavier like, shut, this, shut this dude down what are you doing yeah it's, well magneto's got the helmet on so he can't just like literally shut him down but he never talk he never addresses magneto like he never says like excuse me gene gray can i have a word with my companion you know listen you know this thing hey class five motherfucker like <laughs> i control this um it is and we've seen uh xavier like mind control, like, you know, dozens of people at once. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why all of his people in the yard don't just go to sleep. And the X-Men don't come in here and fight Magneto while he gets some alone time with Jean. Like Xavier, all of a sudden forgetting that he has the powers to like, in the first movie where he makes Toad and Sabretooth, uh, turn on, uh, Magneto. You know, he could do that now. Like, like Magneto's Brotherhood of Evil Mutants could come in. The super fast one could run in, grab Magneto, run him across the country, and then he could, like, <laughs> actually not get dissolved. You know, like, he's just, again, like, people just acting like idiots. Like, I have no problem with scene in theory. It makes tons of sense for them to, like, both be appealing to different parts. Like, you know, uh, Xavier's appealing to Jean, and Magneto's appealing, appealing to Phoenix. And that's cool. Uh, but it just for that to work, you have to forget about a lot of the capabilities our, our protagonist has. It, it, exactly, so. yeah, and that's what I mean. That's we talk about this a lot of the X Men just forgetting they have superpowers, right? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, yeah. Here's a, here's a problem with the supernatural. <laughs> excuse me, a uh, superpower fix, and we're just not going to do it. No, I, mean, I mean, it's just like we talked about with <laughs> Storm earlier. <laughs> yeah, with exactly. the mist. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> until Logan reminded her that she could clear the mist. They're not yeah. gonna if Logan missed. was here, he could have been like, you're a psychic, Chuck. And then, like, we're just taking care of it. You know? so, but unfortunately, um, uh, their back and forth does nothing but piss Jean Grey off. So uh, we get this, like, extended, weird stare down between Xavier and Jean. Uh, Magneto's kind of shunted off into the kitchen and where he'll just kind of sit on the floor for the next 20 minutes or so. He yells Jean a couple times. Yeah, yeah, good setting that stage. Yeah. Uh, good yeah. stuff. Um, and then the 
our X-Men and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants run in, and we get, like, some... I actually like the fighting between Juggernaut and Wolverine, but wow. This, I think it's this, great. This twirling of storms. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> Storm is real bad, and there's nothing in the movie Storm to make her a fighter, like... Uh, comic Storm, um, I think, like, has a background and, like, can hold her own in a fight. Movie Storm doesn't have anything to suggest that. So, like, her just kind of meleeing, like, she does some spins, but she doesn't shoot a bunch of lightning. Uh, she doesn't start out with lightning, which is what she should be doing. Um, but the Xavier Wolverine fight owns, like, you know, it's just, like, really, really visceral. Like, him getting kicked through walls and thrown in the ceilings and stuff. Yeah, the, uh, this is a, a pretty cool action scene. Juggernaut throwing him through the ceiling of one room, and then Wolverine coming down in the, through the ceiling of a second room is really, really good. <laughs> yeah, that was, like, that was awesome. That's awesome. Because <laughs> he's very heavy, right? Yeah, like, exactly. he weighs like two tons. You know, he, he's got a metal skeleton, so, like, you know, he's going to do that. It's awesome. Like, this is that's actually a very good fight between the two of them. Um, um, but Xavier and Jean just kind of have this, this massive psychic stare down, um, culminating in the point where she lifts him out of the chair. Uh, for a minute, I thought they were like, going to like, oh, Xavier is going to stand. Like, this is going to be one of those moments. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't. And, uh, it, like, she's losing control of her power. It's everything in this room and this house is breaking, breaking and flying around. The house itself lifts up off the foundation, and we get these this weird, like, really masturbatory CGI bullshit that someone must have had, like, made a bunch of money to make for somebody. <laughs> um, mm. But it culminates in Gene just fucking killing Xavier. And, yo, the the Jesus allegory here is real strong. <laughs> yes. Like, this dude yeah. is straight up getting crucified. <laughs> There's cool parts in some of the CG. I like the water collecting on the ceiling. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like, pools, cool. like, in the section. It's a cool scene. Like, there's a couple little moments of this, but for the most part, it doesn't, like, you needed some, like, inception shit you know like this need to be like this this movie had been made 10 years later it would have like some cool doctor strange like inception you know Mm -hmm. buildings melting stuff went very cool and the big thing you know obviously she like dissolves them this turns her all goth like spider-man 3 and then magneto grabs her and gets out um and like well xavier's dead what the fuck yeah um everybody's super sad storm wolverine are sad everyone's sad there's a there's Um, a moment where um xavier and logan share a look because logan has kind of clawed himself to into this room against whatever you know power is pushing everybody else out and they share this look that if you just take it in this movie it doesn't make a whole lot of sense like he's just like like kind of smiling at Logan, like, "Oh, hey, everything's gonna be fine." But like in the context of the movie Logan that came out this year, I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, man, these two characters love each other." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We talked about it at the time, but like Logan retroactively makes a bunch of X Men scenes better <laughs> just th- just because it exists. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Very much so. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we get this kind of dumb scene, like they're setting up this. Uh, this little romance, mini romance, um, with, uh, Kitty and Bobby. This is all stuff from, um, the ultimate X-Men mm-hmm. comics, uh, is where this, this stuff happens. Um, which is weird because Kitty Pride is also Spider-Man's girlfriend in that, but like, I don't know, uh, teenager drama. Um, this is pretty <laughs> dorky. Like he makes an ice rink for her and they go skating and it's like, makes little ice skates for him. And Rogue gets jealous and, and tries to leave. Uh, but Wolverine, like, stops her and wolverine is again like better than storm in this and says like hey if you want to get the cure get the cure like he knows what's up he's not gonna try to stop her he's not gonna try to control anybody but don't do it because of fucking ice man <laughs> yeah. you know, like, don't do it for like, some dumb boy that sucks yeah you you will not care about this you will not remember his name in 10 years yeah 
you know, like it is, it is, you do not do, don't do dumb things for, for shitty teenager love. Yeah. So that we go back to, uh, Magneto's like encampment well, in the back woods. To. Not back to. Not back to. We go to. Like, yeah, <laughs> why does Magneto have a wood fort? Like, <laughs> why is Magneto just like literally chilling in the woods for the rest of the movie? Like we have run out of budget. Uh, like we shot this last and we only have enough money to do this in the wood behind my uncle's house. Uh, period. Like, I hate this so much. It's real dumb. Like, it's super yeah. dumb. Yeah. But, uh, Jean Grey has a new weird outfit that's all like purple and, Mac- um, I can never say the word, uh, magenta, like Magneto wears. Mm-hmm. And again, just who is the mutant whose mutant powers to make dope costumes for uh, the Brotherhood <laughs> yeah. of Evil Mutants? Because I kind of want that mutant power, Gary. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, could you imagine if you had, like, a bespoke outfit every day? Yeah. I, mean, I would like great. to have that. Like, disposable clothes. Like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Into that. Yep, yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's, he's <laughs> yep. given the, the speech. Yeah. Uh, given the speech, like, hey, if you want your freedom, you have to fight for it. And Gene kind of, like, kind of goes along with it, kind of doesn't. Um, you know, like he doesn't really know what she's, she's saying or how she's responding, uh, which again, it's nodding towards that very cool idea that like, he doesn't really know like what he's dealing with mm-hmm. here. You know, he's, he's arrogant. He thinks he knows, he thinks he understands mutants. Like she's not a mutant at this point. You know, she's more than that. Yeah. Uh, she, she, she's more or less like a demigod at this point. Yeah. And, uh, Pyro's like, yeah, man, good thing. Xavier's dead. What a, what a cuck. And Magneto is like, <laughs> you know, he's. He's done more for mutant kind than you ever will. Like, shut the fuck up, you know, little shit. And, it, and it's pretty great. Dwight, you ignorant uh, slut. Yeah. <laughs> um, so back at X Camp, uh, they don't know what to do. Like, they're like, hey, there's no Xavier. We should shut down. Storm says, I'll keep the school open. Um, Bobby goes to look for Ro- Rogue. Rogue's gone. Yep. Uh, Colossus, Colossus is carrying a TV. <laughs> like, you know, I own one of those TVs, like almost exactly the same TV, and that thing <laughs> took f- me and three of my friends to move into my new apartment. <laughs> well, is, you're, you're not Colossus. That's true. Yeah. Is is Colossus uh, strong when he's not all Colossus stuff? I don't I don't remember it from the comics. Nope. He's no okay. Nope. <laughs> Did not think so. Um, What's it gonna commit? Like it. So. Yeah. Nope. Um, I love how he's just so everyone it doesn't know him, though. So good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's clever. They they didn't want to. It's actually uh, rather than doing him in the second X Men movie and Deadpool, of course, he's CG. In this one, they actually have a, it's a suit mm-hmm. when he's all metalled up. Okay, um, which is very weird, and that makes me think that it was cheap. You know, and that's why they did it because CGI CGI was more expensive. So I don't know why they didn't have him metalled up here. You know, they knew that was going to bother comic book fans. <laughs> that, like he has powers when he's not metalled up. Um, but they, you know, the actor probably wanted to show his face more because that's actors. Um, but the, the whole point of this is that everyone's kind of scattering. Like nobody's on the same, they're not, they're no longer X-Men United. Mm-hmm. Like they were in X-Men 2. This is, they're ready for the last thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, uh, Logan hears Jean's voice and decides to, to head on after her. Yeah. And he runs into Storm, who's basically like, you're with us. Like you can't just run off by yourself. And that's been even from the first danger room scene that we saw of him just kind of doing his own thing as opposed to actually being a team and a better movie could do more with this. Like we're going to get his like redemption thing in a little while, which is just like him bossing people around a little bit. Like it's just what Logan has always done without all of the arguments leading up to it more or less. So I'm not, I don't really care about this stuff very much. I don't know about you, Gary. Are you, are you into this? No, 
No. Cool. I mean, not really. Like, I just, yeah, I don't, I think it's kind of under-motivated. I think that if Storm had run up to him and been like, hey, we need you. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't mm-hmm. have anybody right now. And there's still a bunch of kids here. And, like, they're going to be scared because the government's coming out. Like, there's a way to express this better than was done. Yeah, because you they know, go out of their way to... earlier to be like, oh, Logan's just passing through. He's not, like, part of, like, he's not hanging out with these guys normally, right? Yeah. So, like, what, well, yeah, what, what a... is she trying to appeal him on? Like, oh, you're with us. Like, no, I'm not, dude. Yeah, like... No, it, yeah, it's established <laughs> earlier. I am clearly not. You know, and just appeal to his, like, mother hen. Like, he does have, like, protective instincts, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, appeal to that. You know, and that, that would make sense to me. Yeah, for sure. Um. Uh, so what's up next? What do we we do here? So this we, is this is definitely after the movie has like ran out of real cool shit to do. Uh, yes. Part. Yeah, because... I, there's there's parts in the last fight I think are okay, but like this starts feeling very perfunctory and shitty at this point. Like you you lose a lot of hope at this point. Yeah, we're we're, we're bouncing so. around. The uh, the president has to. Uh, well, number one, I think Magneto releases a tape and the way that it's described <laughs> on Fox News is Magneto threat released. Magneto threat released. <laughs> not that yes. Magneto released a threat. That's not what because that's what happened. But the Magneto, Magneto threat was released. Man. Uh, before that is this where we get um isn't before that where we get the scene at Worthington's uh, where they're where Rogue like gets in line for the cure. Oh yeah, we get Bobby and um, yeah. Pyro kind of arguing back and yeah, forth yeah. and establishing the fact that they're yeah. definitely going to fight in the in the last stand. So well, and Pyro <laughs> blows up a bunch of windows. Yep. Uh, yeah. 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 So, um, so we go back to the president. The president wants Magneto stop by any means necessary, and what that means <laughs> is arming a bunch of uh, like army guys sw- switching out their metal guns for plastic guns <laughs> for three D printed guns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> very much so and these guys like their costume and everything it, like it it feels like it's they're made to look cool like it feels like it's it's like a sponsored thing but it wouldn't be right like doesn't this like these troopers like they have this like kind of like like sam fisher helmet mm-hmm. yeah um, they do. like this kind of you know it, it's real weird like like these guys are supposed to be cool they want to sell an action figure of them like they're just sponsored by blackwater <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's real weird. Um, like oh, like I was surprised I didn't have like a close up on like a logo for any of these outfits. Um, <laughs> Under uh, Armour for all uh, your mutant killing needs. <laughs> yes. I do think. Um, so here's here's. I or go, go ahead. I, I do think that the 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 plastic guns is kind of a clever touch. Like because yeah. because the government that's, that's knows classic. like Magneto's thing is like hey he he he, he controls metal so we're gonna use a bunch of plastic weapons it's cool. Yeah, I'm into if, that. if they didn't learn that, I would be very disappointed. Sure, sure, like, sure. Mm-hmm. Um. So Wolverine decides, like, he's, like, getting intel, I guess. He finds Magneto's camp uh, in the woods and gets into a couple fights um, here uh, with a guy who has the same powers as Marrow, um, you know, who grows little bits of bone and throws them, which is what Marrow does. Um, and then who's the other guy he fights here? He fights two guys, right? He just, uh, there's a scene where they zoom into this dude's ear. So I guess like he's got super hearing or something. I don't know what they were trying to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But there's nothing really like, I don't think he shows off any mutant powers. This, this is a weird scene for me because, uh, they obviously like to have Wolverine go into berserker rage or whatever and kill a bunch of people. In the second movie, he does that, and he's, like, protecting a bunch of kids against an invasive force, right? Against, like, against a bunch of go- government thugs. Yeah, and, like, here, these are just other mutants. Like, like they're just people. <laughs> so, 
Obviously, yeah. they're throwing marrow at you, but like you could just punch them out and heal up. Like you yeah, don't they're, have. They're sensibly like the same as you. Like you should be wanting to help them, right? He eviscerates marrow. <laughs> he cuts marrow's stomach yeah. open and like bathes in his guts a little bit. Like it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it is a little bit weird. I was kind of surprised that he like because he's just here to kind of gather intelligence. Like once he fights those guys and sees that Magneto is given this like pep rally he starts just trying to leave like and i was like oh that's not very wolverine like wolverine like it seems like he would like stay here and stalk them or like try to get in close or do something but he's like starts getting out and then uh magneto finds him because magneto says i know the smell of your adamantium a mile away and like <laughs> smell was not the right no. noun choice there dog <laughs> like you you have a lot of different words in your like in your arsenal as a writer like i would not have used smell uh, for that i mean um, I, I took I I took this to be Wolverine trying to get into a face to face with Gene, and then Magneto interrupting that. Not that Wolverine was running away. Yeah. But, um, he th- he starts moving away at some point, like, and he maybe he was going to circle back, but it it just was very strange to me. Like the scene, all like in in all does not work. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Um, none, none of this is yeah. very good. <laughs> I don't even remember what they argue about. Like it, they just like talk at each other, and then Magneto literally throws him like halfway across the country or some shit. Like there's yeah. the establishing shot of Hugh Jackman or a you know a safety doll dressed up to look like Hugh Jackman <laughs> flying through the air for minutes at a time is really really funny to me. Yeah. Um. So you know, Wolverine gets gets ejected from Magneto's uh, forest of of mutants. And uh, so then we go to uh, Mystique, who is very mad at uh, Magneto. You know, hell hath no fury, like, quote, um, says where the camp is. They, they see all the, the, the blips on the radar, and then it's just multiple man, which I think is a clever use of multiple man. Yeah, that's, if you're going to give this dude a gimmick, this, this is the gimmick. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. What was that idiotic line that the, the military guys had? Oh, they, uh, the president says they're going to, they've established a 360 degree invasion force. Yes. <laughs> and, then, and then very, very specifically show on this, on the, the monitors that it's not 360 degrees. Yeah. There's just like four little clusters of guys. <laughs> uh, it's very uh, bad, Gary. It's very bad. And then, and then of course, is, you know, multiple man's like, Hey, whatever. <laughs> and then like that was, there we go. There's waffle man. That's his cameo on this movie. Uh, you know, rich character, Dean Madrex. Um, so Wolverine goes back to the mansion after he like picks himself up and is like, Hey, they're, they're planning something. I saw them in the woods. Uh, let's go stop them. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> everybody's all, you know, suited up in their shitty movie things. And like movie aesthetic X-Men have not aged better. You know, like no, it's not like not at all with time, like movie aesthetic X-Men look pretty bad. Even like first class X-Men look pretty dumb with the yellow jackets. Uh, at this point, like no, no X-Men movie costumes, like feel timeless to me. No, uh, n- none of them are very, are very good. And like the weird yeah. colored piping that they have, like, you know, Kitty Pride's pur- bright purple piping compared to Wolverine's yellow stripes. It's, it's just so, and then like this jacket that beasts, like, it's like, <laughs> I can't believe this used to fit me or like, he's gotten super fat since he got into the government. <laughs> business. Yeah. <laughs> he's been pumping iron. That's not good. Um, yeah. Man, I just I just looked ahead of the notes and realized we have like a good forty five minutes of this movie left, and I cannot believe it lasts this long. <laughs> we're, we're going, we're getting to the climax. the The climax, a lot of stuff happens, but you know, we're we're getting there. We're almost there because mm-hmm. this is going to be the uh, the last stand uh, that they're going to make. <laughs> uh, so, ding! I'm looking. Um, ding! Jer- looking Jeremy, forward to that. 
Jeremy pointed out to me while we were watching this movie during this scene, uh, Beast's chest hair. His, like, disgusting, mm, yeah. matted chest hair is amazing. It's real bad. Here. I'll try, I'll try <laughs> to get a screenshot and see if we can make that thing uh, cover art. It's real bad. Uh, Here, here's a dumb thing, is that Magneto uh, decides they're going to Alcatraz because mm-hmm. that's the most secure location where they have the... Uh, and this wasn't meant to be. This, this is a... Uh, uh, them combining two things like Alcatraz is supposed to be a mutant, new mutant prison and Worthington's lab, labs are supposed to be somewhere else, but they combine them in like a script rewrite. But he's like, we have to get there. And the way he does it is by stealing the golden gate bridge, like a Carmen San Diego. <laughs> um, and, like, just floating it there. He's like, Charles wanted to build bridges. You know, it's like one of your good friends who just died. You're, you're going to dunk on him from beyond the grave. by doing this outlandish plan. That there's no way this can be the most efficient way to get your people over there to steal the biggest, you know, the most famous bridge on the West Coast. Like, just get on a boat, my dude. Hey, everybody, <laughs> stand on this sheet of metal. I'm gonna magic carpet ride our motherfucking asses over to the Alcatraz. Yeah, like drive a boat, get a plane. Like any number of conventional ways of transport would work better than stealing this bridge. Oh man, uh, it's and he so ends up using bad. the cars as a weapon later, which like. You know, fair enough. Like, he, he's bringing some ammo, I guess. But, man. Yeah, you gotta use every part of the animal, right? Every, every yeah, part exactly. of the golden Every part of the bridge. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's dumb. It's real, real it's bad. Uh, and it, and it, I like this, too, because it does that, it does one of my favorite things that bad movies do, which is, in the space of about five minutes, eight hours pass. Because it's, like, bright yeah. and sunshiny with, like, kids on the way home from school on the Golden Gate Bridge. And then he lands it on Alcatraz, and it's just night. <laughs> it's midnight. Yeah. So not only was it, like, a dumb, like, dangerous way to get across the bridge, it also took forever. You know? <laughs> or or um, Alcatraz has, like, a localized atmosphere and time zone. Sure, yeah. Let's say that. That's true. Storm, <laughs> Storm's doing some shit. Yep. I also yeah. really, so once they get there... They get here and they start fighting soldiers. Yeah, they start fighting these soldiers, and uh, Magneto has to stop, and, and he has this line of, uh, Oh my god. You know, we'll let the pawns go first. And then all of these mutants die, and he's like, that's why we let the pawns go first. I'm like, that's not a punchline. Yeah. <laughs> You're just repeating no, they, they, thing. They shouldn't have said it twice. No. Yeah, he you has know, to, like, like either one of back the, a couple times. Yeah, either one of the lines would be fine. I feel like that was an editing mistake. Like, those were both different. Uh, they shot both the lines and somehow included them both. <laughs> Because it's like, it would have made sense for him to, like, try to join or to see everyone die. That line makes sense. But, like, him saying it again, like, nobody heard the first joke. <laughs> you know, he's just, like, he's just making sure, like, you know, I, I get, like, it's on the record. Uh, it's, you know, it's 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 fine. It makes sense for Magneto to do that. Like, you know, greater good, whatever, zealot. But, like, it's it's real dumb that it happens twice. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to see a bunch of, you know, powers, which is, like, one of the premier reasons you watch X-Men movies is to watch X-Men do X-Men shit. Um, which I like. And the fact that they're depowering them with these guns is like a cool dynamic. You know, a lot of these people would just fall to bullets, you know, almost all of them, but they're like, no, we're trying like, you know, it kind of gives a little bit of shade to the government. Like the government's not trying to summarily execute all these people. No, they're trying to defend you know, themselves. They're trying to point. control them. Like they're, they they yeah. are like the brotherhood of evil is actually being pretty fucking evil right now. Oh, 100%, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and the, uh, so they, they, uh, they're, they're just shooting them and depowering them, which makes sense. Magneto says, like, uh, Arclight, focus like a, a wave, a thunder wave at their guns. Specifically at their guns. How does she have that kind of precision with, like, a clap? She's a class four mutant. Like, <laughs> they, well, like, it's, it's, I, I, my trading card set hasn't arrived for eBay yet. So I, uh, 
<laughs> I can't do it. Um, this is this is so that's it's so dumb that like because they can't have the guns be there. Like if the guns are there, it's too too powerful. Like so they have to even up the odds. And the way they do it is with her. And I just wish that it's like they need to have Arclight do something. Arclight's a character from the comics. Like you know they want Arclight to do, and she's strong. Like it makes sense. But the fact that she aims that blast doesn't make any sense to me. You know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember Arclight from the comics at all. Like, I was struggling. They were, uh, Brian and Autumn were asking me yesterday, and I was like, I, I mean, I don't remember. She's, uh, like, a Factor 3 enemy. Like, she fought um, X-Factor. Okay, cool. Uh, it was, like, Arclight, uh, and then two other people, and they fought X, X-Factor. So, anyway, um, pretty, pretty fucking dumb that she destroys it with, with a clap. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all ready to storm the place, but then the X-Men show up to rally the uh, humans. Yeah, and fight. I, I don't. I guess they all like jump off of a plane, and in their own different ways. So, <laughs> like Wolverine yeah, uses his claws <laughs> to like slide down a building. Uh, Kitty Pride is carrying, I think it's uh, Iceman, and like just like yeah. overshoots it, and so just falls into the ground, and then yeah. pops right back up again. Which I think is kind of a cool example of Kitty's powers. Like she's making herself lighter than the molecules that she's phasing through to basically float is something that's always been kind of cool about yeah. Kitty Pride. And that's also like Chekhov's yeah. power for when she has her little moment. Little exactly. Yeah, yeah. We have to remind people <laughs> yeah. what Kitty Pride does. Yeah. yeah. Um, Storm, I think twirls a little bit. I, mm-hmm. I remember taking another There's drink like a half here. twirl. I, I, think. I, I can't remember if it was just because I was trying to block the movie out or if it was part of the drinking game, yeah. but yeah. Um, this yeah. is kind of fun. Like I, I like the X-Men fighting bad mutants. Like we get cool power stuff, but it's it, yeah. like it's just like this is like what you come to an X Men movie for, really. Like that's the that's the fun bashing your action figures with each other. So. Yeah, I mean it's cool when you see like the X Men line up in Final Fantasy lines and get ready to fight. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I want. Yeah, this is, I mean this is cool, and there are cool things like I actually really like how Beast is articulated in this. Like they make Beast uh, seem like a threat, even though his powers feel like he's just kind of like worse Wolverine. You know. <laughs> um, this this works yeah. for me really well. It's it's kind of goofy looking, just because it's like fat Kelsey Grammer doing it, because he's in all up in that first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like but it's, it still works as a, like a beast fight. Um, this this weird thing where the the three goth people go after the Doctor and Ward or Worthington Senior uh, that have basically created this queue and like Porcupine Boy hugs her to death and oh I God. hate Porcupine, porcupine Boy so porcupine much. Boy is so <laughs> terrible. And you know what his name is? That's that's supposed to be Kid Omega. Are like, you that's serious? His name in this movie, which is I, mean, I don't think he's supposed to. I mean, he's obviously not an adaptation, but that's his character's name in the movie. Oh, that's because so he's got annoying. like an Omega symbol on him or something. And I'm like, man, is that bad? Um, why, why would you waste the capital of using a really cool character, you know? Um, uh, but yeah, he sucks. He's like, just like super badass, you know, flat character, real mm-hmm. evil, evil mutant. He is, he is the worst. And I just wanted to call that out because these three like throw Worthington senior off the building instead of just straight up killing him. Um, so Angel shows up and saves his dad and flies away and that's it. That's it for Angel. That's, that's, that's Angel's that's redemptive arc. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the entirety of it. Um, somewhere in here, we get the the, the very infamous uh, Kitty versus Juggernaut thing, which I like. I actually like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not super into the "I'm the Juggernaut bitch" meme line. Like, that's stupid that they included this dumb meme reference. But I like this fight. I like this very like indirectly powered, utility powered character versus this like super brawny uh, character. And like him, like her being able to go through walls kind of subtly, and him just smashing through them, and like her using that against him. 
like is very good. Yeah. You know, her like grabbing his ankle is very cool. Like it's all very good. I think this is a super cool fight. Um, can I confess something on this podcast? Uh, yes. I did not realize, uh, until this viewing of this film last night that the I'm the juggernaut bitch meme came from this movie. I thought that that, that uh, internet video was just like its own thing. No, 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 no. You, yeah, you wait, you, it didn't come from the movie. Oh, okay. The movie is referencing the internet meme. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. I did not realize the, the, that. The, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's way worse, Brian. <laughs> the, the movie is, is doing a shout out to that internet meme video. Okay. So the, the internet came first. Yeah, it, it's bad. Well, now I'm on uh, knowyourmeme.com trying to do some fact checks. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> uh, year 2005, so Gary is right. It's, uh, it's on the IMDb trivia. They talk about it being a mm. reference to the uh, I'm the Juggernaut Bitch thing. And when I saw it in the theater, we all knew that because we had seen the video. Because you had seen the internet like, video, we, right, right. We'd seen the internet video. So we recognized it when we saw it in the theater. It's it's a, it's a very bad thing that happens in a very otherwise cool scene. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Because, like you said, she's running through walls, he's smashing through them, and then um, she kind of tricks him. And like, sinks him into the ground, and it's awesome. Yeah. Like, that's, that's so dope. Yeah, that's very that's, cool. It's very, very cool. Yeah. And then when she meets Leech. What's, what's less cool is, oh. when she well, when she meets Leech, it's less cool. Like, mm-hmm. it, it ends up becoming, like, a, just a Toro, like, video game boss fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's she's just fighting Bane. <laughs> yeah, like she's she's fighting Bane. She he doesn't know that Leech will take his powers. So it's like if they dodge out of the way, he thinks he's gonna smash through the wall and he doesn't. And that knocking out the juggernaut for the rest of the fight is a little bit much for me. Mm-hmm. Uh but I'll you know, it's it's okay, I'll take it. You know, it's a it's a cool fight in general, other than that one little detail. I, I was very um, glad to see that Storm remembered she has lightning powers in this fight yeah, scene. So yeah. she finally takes out uh not Caliban, Callisto or whatever. Um Yeah. And this is Callisto. where we get like this cool I actually think like this part is neat where Magneto starts throwing these cars at the the troops or whatever and Pyro's lighting them on fire so they just basically become like huge bombs as they go in. Like I think this is yeah. kinda cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then at some point like after this is enough distraction so where Magneto's gonna go in uh, he says, like, do you think you can handle your old rival or something like that? So Pyro and Iceman <laughs> do, like, a, a real bad, like, you know, just shooting beams at each other fight. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. shitty, like, like 80s cartoon, like, Thundercats. Yeah, you know, or like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Yeah. Dumb. Dumb, dumb, <laughs> Very dumb. dumb. Very and then dumb. This, is, this is where Iceman, and Iceman is being immolated at some point. Like, he's definitely covered in fire. Uh, it's, you know, and then this is him icing up and he looks so bad as Iceman. In yeah. This. Like, it's weird because they, they really kind of pull bad. off glosses, but like Iceman does not look good. And then, um, somehow or another, we, we get Wolverine, like trying to go after Magneto, but it was just a fake out. So Beast could run over and stab him with the, the cure. So now Magneto's depowered, but we, th- at yes. this point, Gene shows up. So we have to deal with Gene now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I love the idea of Magneto being depowered because that is like the worst possible thing you could do to him. You know, yes, that, good, that, like, is, that more, is the most poetic justice, right? Yeah. Way more interesting than killing Magneto or putting him in prison. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, you're a human now. Like, how do you deal with it? It's the opposite of what, it's what he was trying to do to Senator Kelly in the first movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like this is a poetic ending for him. Absolutely. Uh, that I am very into. Yeah. But But Phoenix is pissed. She just starts like disintegrating yeah. this entire facility. Like, again, like in theory, this whole mission was to find Leech and to prevent them from making the cure. 
not destroy the island of Alcatraz. (laughs) 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 And Magneto having Um, this, as he's, like, running away, having this what have I done moment is just like, what what did you think was going to happen when you brought an insane Class 5 mutant to, uh, you know, to a dinner party? (laughs) Class 5, motherfucker. Class 5, Eric. Class 5. My goodness, man. That's the highest class there is, as far as I know. No, there's there's only five classes. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Until X-Men 4. (laughs) Yeah, you fucked up, dumb shit. Um, Yeah, this is is pretty bad. And this ends the only way it can. Like, is is Wolverine using his uh, ability to regenerate to go up and stab her? Yep. You know? Mm -hmm. Gary, can I ask you a question that I have posed in the notes? Why did they just yeah. throw leech at Gene? <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's literally the solution to her problem. Like if you take away her weird mutant powers, you can just put her in yes. therapy, let her multiple personalities get settled, and then give her her powers back. But until then, leech is on like one of those weird like baby leashes. Leech never shows up again. Um, no. And it is it is very much the symptom of them having this movie having Spider Man three syndrome and being two movies mm-hmm. like this has two conflicts uh, you know and they don't intersect at all um, not even just if like Leech yes like and maybe like Leech would get disintegrated first or something but what if uh, you know something with the cure happened like they're literally in the only like the greatest concentration of mutant cure on Earth and instead she gets stabbed by Wolverine. <laughs> You know, it's like you have the, the romance of Wolverine making that sacrifice and stuff, but like it it makes no sense for her to be here. Like, what was Magneto's plan like for her? You know, in general, like I don't. These plots do not they, they inelegantly fit together at best. Yeah, it just kind of feels so, like evil for evil's sake at that point, right? Yeah, very much so. Um, anything else could have done this rather than killing Gene, and really, like you know, uh, Famke Jansen or whatever didn't want to be in the movie, you know, where they were going to kill her off, uh, or it wasn't going to be in the movie until they decided to kill her off. Right. Like uh, there's something like X-Men true trivia about that. Like Ryan K. Vaughn said, like, what if we did the Phoenix? And she was down for that. So like, nobody okay. wants to be in these movies anymore. Like, st- st- you know, Storm <laughs> is like, I'm out. And they're like, well, we'll give you whatever you want. And Jean Grey is like, I don't really want to do this. And like, well, what if we did the Phoenix? Like nobody wants to do these. So there's that sense, like pervading all of it. Like every, you know, this has to happen because of actors rather than because of the plot. Yeah. yeah, you know, Cyclops had to be out, like written out, because of he wanted to play like literally like a tertiary character in a Superman movie that nobody watched. Like, I still uh, it's to just, this it's, day have not seen that Superman movie. By the way, like I don't. I, it's so just, boring, dude. <laughs> it's so he doesn't punch anybody. Like it, it is, what? it is a two-hour Superman movie where he doesn't punch anybody. I'm not joking. Like Superman, like he like lifts a jet, um, a turret shoots a bullet in his eye. That's it, and then. uh Lex Luthor's plan in that movie is to make a bunch of crystals form like real ugly floating islands that he can then sell as real estate. Like his plan is to create new, a new continent so he can sell like pay, like have people pay rent to live there. No joke. Like it is, it is a really dumb movie. Like it's extremely bad. It sounds like I should watch it. Yeah. It's, it's not fun bad. It's like two hours. Like it's a really bad movie. Um, yeah. I mean, not that the new ones are good. I mean, Superman sucks. Like, the, the, the yeah, 80s yeah, yeah. ones are good. The Richard Donner ones. And then, like, after that, like... And even those are only, like, two of them are good at best. Um, there are not very many good Superman movies. 
Yeah. Uh, before we move on from yeah. uh, from the uh, Wolverine and Phoenix like final confrontation, I just want to call out uh, Jeremy's notes about the f- the steps being an allegory for the friend zone. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> yeah. This is this is all very uh, bad. Uh, he he goes up, stabs her while you know not being disintegrated because of his uh, healing factor. And then that's really it. Like now it's just time for like a little montage of things that are happening in the X-Men a year later or whatever. Um, Like storm is Cyclops and Jean, these poor people like that had actual lives outside of the X-Men, maybe like got buried directly next to Xavier, which has to be just a super bummer for Mr. And Mrs. Gray. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and that chick that was at the orphanage that raised Cyclops. <laughs> what do you mean I can't go see um, their grave? Like, why? Why is it in a mutant school? Nope. Uh, it comes up. Can you imagine being board. buried next to the person who, uh, like, basically like, mind raped you? Like, that's a horrible thing to do. Yeah, poor G. Gray. Is yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Uh, this is not really resolved. <clears throat> Um, so Rogue's back. Um, she's cured so she can make out now, which is, that's, that's awesome. Like good for them. That's all that matters really. Um, yeah. Like I, I'm glad that like there are orgasms in the living X-Men's futures. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get it. Like I was, I was a teen once. That's all I wanted to do. Yeah. I would take the cure. I would probably lose the powers in order to like, cause it's already a power. Like a lot of times when I orgasm, uh, or I have sex, I think like, (laughs) God, is it like, this is a miracle that I get to live during a time where this happens. Like, you know, things could be worse. Like I have, you know, I have problems in my life or I have health problems or whatever. And it's like, this still gets to happen though. Like, God, if this isn't nice, what is? And I think that like on a, every single time, like I am thankful, like, uh, and, and so I, I get that as, yeah, I'm t- super, super blessed. Like every, every single time that, that I've been brought to orgasm, uh, I am incredibly grateful. So I get this. Gary, you're, you're like, much three months older than me i think i think we're both born in the same year but you're, you're a few months yeah. older than me so when that stops happening can you give me a heads up so that i've got three months of like real solid medication i'm staying in the uh, bedroom for a month <laughs> yes yes we'll leave, or alternatively uh, the, <laughs> the um yeah i uh uh it's not just masturbation that's good well, I'm, I'm just picturing anyway. Jeremy just turning into a jerk-off goblin for a month. Sure. Yeah, that yeah. sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. one, one, yeah, of, one of the three months pretty... that he has left. Yeah, he, I mean, you want to try a, a wide variety of things sure, sure. that three months. I will definitely let you know, and I need to find somebody three months older than me. So write in to Gary's Jerk-Off reporting at canarianicolemine.com <laughs> to volunteer if you are... Uh, 37 and two months old. This is the so. worst uh, pyramid marketing scheme I have ever heard of in my yeah. life. <laughs> All you have to do is you tell set someone up, like, this a, three a chain, months like a, a support group. Like, just, uh, I like how in this scenario also the person can only tell the person who has a couple months left. It's not like we could just find out when the day is. Yeah. Simple <laughs> like, it has to be. Like <laughs> it's like the it's like a weird version of the ring. <laughs> oh, man. oh man! Um, oh fuck! I'm crying. Just so you know. <laughs> um. Uh. So there we are. Storms back. Rogues back. Uh, yeah. Hank McCoy is a, an ambassador. Angel flies around the bridge because hey, remember Angel? 
Um, There's also some really pre-credits. lingering shots of this uh, like bridge just laying on Alcatraz Island because <laughs> yeah, yeah. as humans we can't just lift that motherfucker up. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's our uh, that's that's the human post credit scene. That's our future. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Eric provided employment for seventy thousand bridge builders. <laughs> yeah, our, our mutant powers <laughs> union work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like getting damage control in there. To, um, so. Uh, Magneto's playing chess uh, and is trying to move a metal piece and it moves a tiny little bit and then credits. So it's like mm-hmm. the cure is not permanent. And then post credits, Xavier wakes up in that one guy's unconscious body who he, t- he lectured about earlier. Um, so Xavier's not dead either. So there are no consequences. Go home, kids. Yep, nothing, nothing matters. Uh, everything we've done. Yeah, <laughs> every, like half the things we've done are now undone. When do you think so that um, Bobby and Rogue are going to find out that the cure is not permanent? Like what? Like, oh, <laughs> they're going to be having a like, really good time and then all of a sudden having a really bad time <laughs> yeah wow that's that, that's that's pretty intense i do not want to i would not want to absorb somebody's memories like at the moment like i was having sex with them yeah or like yeah. the moment of orgasm and it's like all of a sudden you have their memories like that'd be real fucked up <laughs> do you just you like know? absorb just all of like... the, their memories of all the previous times they've orgasmed <laughs> Yeah, or or any number of things. Just like you know, I just I just took a shit the side of my birthday cake, you know. It's just like this, <laughs> just real foul stuff, you know. I I wouldn't want it. So he's that that's that's going to be in a webisode. Yeah, that's definitely uh, that's, <laughs> that's your Skinamax series for two thousand and seven. Um, <laughs> you you made you just made a really good point that literally nothing of consequence happens in this movie. Like you could argue. Hey, Scott or Gene died, but they literally killed Xavier. Well, Gene was already dead. Yeah, also yeah. true. Yeah, they brought her back just to kill her again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, um, so Scott dying is the is the one thing that like presumably has a little bit of consequence. Yeah, it's like it's four steps forward, three steps back. <laughs> you mean you mean Scott's uh, off screen <laughs> death is the one thing of consequence that happens in yes. this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yep. What a, Somehow that is the uh, that's the thing. What just a failure of a movie! Like I, it, it's no wonder that it took this basically killed the X Men film franchise. Like they they I think because uh, Wolverine one came out after this, right? Wolverine Origins, yeah. Origins? That, yes. that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's extremely bad too. Like we're going to talk about that. And that's a movie. really bad movie. Yeah, um, I think it was a one two punch. Like between those two things, like people were done with X Men for a little bit. Uh, you know, and eventually like the Wolverine came out, but that was even a couple of years. Like that was, we had a break, we had a pretty good break. Well, the Wolverine, the Wolverine so. was after first class though, wasn't it? Or was it not? Th- I don't think so. Was yeah, it not? Yeah. I'd I have to think, go look. No, I can't, I I can't remember. So. Hey, my, my, my X-Men movie timeline isn't perfect. So. Yeah. I, I think, I think it came before that, okay. um, but you, the Wolf, like Wolverine one, Wolverine origins was like in development with this. So they didn't know it was going to be such a disaster. Yeah. And that, you know. that, that, that movie is indefensible uh, on every level. Yeah, that that's very bad. So we'll get to that eventually, too. I think we need to take a break. I don't <laughs> know what we'll watch next time. I, I forgot to mention this to you, Jeremy. Uh, guess who has two thumbs and at a thrift store bought the novelization of Generation X? <laughs> Oh my god! Me, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think it's based on the movie. I think it's based on the first say, comic it, arc. But okay, okay. God damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do. I do have a novelization of Generation X. If we ever want to move in that direction, sure. Yeah, that sounds. You know um, what I really like about comic books is taking out all of the art <laughs> and letting bad writers write them. That's my favorite thing. Uh, <laughs> 
But I, I think, I feel like if we did Wolverine after this, like, I mean, we, we have a lot of episodes before then. Cause we have to do all of season four, but like, yeah. mm-hmm. it would be nice to do something that doesn't suck. Uh, next. I don't know what that would be. <laughs> So I'd, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We've got, we got 20 something yeah. episodes to go through. Uh, yeah. I watched uh, just a quick preview. Like I watched the first episode of the next season of the animated series. And uh, your, your guy that you have kept talking about does show up briefly in that first episode. Bishop's little time buddy. Oh, yeah. oh man. The time. Imp. Yeah. We're going to get, <laughs> oh. you, you've been, I know you've been mentioning that, but I just want to let you know, we're going to go <laughs> yeah. right into Put that. It in my veins. <laughs> <laughs> All I want from an X-Men cartoon is Bishop talking to Mr. Mix Picklick in the fucking negative zone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, hooray. That's what the, that's what the eternal struggle of uh, gay rights is about. Um, but before that, uh, the next episode will be a feedback episode. It'll be you and I talking about yes. some general X-Men shit and also taking prompts and questions from the audience, the listeners, whatever you want to call them. If you have not written in, you still have time to do so. You probably have, uh, I would say, two weeks from the mo- moment that you're hearing this. Daysoffuturecast.com slash contact is the way to submit your stuff there. You can also mm-hmm. hit us up on Twitter at D-O-F-C podcast, and I'll, I'll pull all that stuff over into a document. If you miss the date, no big deal. I save everything, so we'll just get it on the next one after season four. So have plenty yeah. of time to do yeah. that. Uh, Brian, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This is a lot of fun. This is great. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, very honored to be, I'm very honored to be the first guest of this podcast, by the way. And only. First yeah. and only, yes. <laughs> and, and last. Um, <laughs> what, uh, Gary's been threatening can people fire find me you for weeks. Uh, you can find me on Twitter.com, uh, at Wade Brian R. Um, and I post pretty much everything there. Uh, I also host another, I, I host a podcast of my own called Expanded Universe. Uh, you can find that on Twitter.com, mm-hmm. at LukeCast. That's Luke with eight U's. And that is a, uh, that is a Star Wars <laughs> Legends book club podcast. Uh, where once mm-hmm. a month I pick a book and I have a guest on and we talk about the book and it's usually bad, but sometimes it's good. Uh, your oftentimes co-host Cole was on an episode that I think is very good and I would mm-hmm. like people mm-hmm. to listen to it. The, the, yeah, the book that he that made out. me read, uh, Luke molested his yeah. sister with the force. So <laughs> In the womb, uh, right? In the womb, yeah, yeah. Go straight to the womb. Yeah, uh, no, no vag play. My fucking god! And, uh, my fucking god! No, no spoilers, but uh, Jeremy's <laughs> coming back play. to read the second book in that series pretty yeah. soon. Oh sure. my god, Jeremy! Vag yeah. <laughs> <laughs> play. Um, <laughs> I was hoping so nobody would notice that. <laughs> nobody needs to talk about we that. We are, and we're we're a scant four months for my guest appearance on that show. Well. We are. I'm very so, excited for your guest it's, appearance. It's a svelte, svelte four months uh, in the extended <laughs> universe thing that I decided I can stomach. So, the um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to choking that down. Um, I think, and then if you like this show, um, the best way you can support it is go to Patreon.com/slash/DuckFeedTV. Um, check out our uh, rewards and also our goals. Um, you know, we're able to, uh, this is, this is what I do for a living among like, you know, book residuals and, and occasional music gigs. So pretty neat. And I like being able to do that. And that allows me to take a lot of time to watch shit, terrible movies and stuff. Um, and, uh, I would like to keep doing that and I appreciate your help, uh, in doing so people are listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the time um, of this recording, you're, uh, you're, you're extremely close to funding your new podcast heartbeat city and i think there's a there, there's a pilot out for that if people want to go check that out uh, a couple of there episodes, definitely is. a couple episodes of this podcast ago i used some of the music in the intro because i'm a shameful pirate and i just went to your band camp and stole all that shit so. <laughs> <laughs> it's pay what you want uh it is all uh, all proceeds go to uh planned parenthood yep um mm-hmm. 
the uh and i so i, I we are pretty close to that um patreon levels go up and down like based on credit cards and shit being rejected so like i want to get a little bit above it uh, and then shooting those but i have guests uh kind of lined up for the first season of that that i'm excited about uh as being the show on duck feed that is not all straight white dudes so look yeah. forward to that um you know i love i love straight white guys but uh can't be all the time i love pizza not, hashtag not can't be all the time yeah not yeah not yeah <laughs> finally we were in compliance with the hashtag <laughs> uh the other thing you can do is uh rate and review us uh, yes please yes. that's a big help yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i think that's probably it that's it yeah, um, uh, we'll see you next time with the feedback episode, and then uh, go check out daysoffuturecast.com slash schedule, and I'll probably have updated that with the episode order that we're going to be covering the episodes in, because it's a little yes. confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, and uh, good night. And good luck.